<laughs> that was some good beeps, uh, be beeps, good beats. Hi guys, welcome back to Lost in Nightmares. I am Joe Dubs. And I'm Zach. You missed your trick. I don't. I I could never say. That's why I always say Lady D because my mumbling mouth always like screws up. Dimitrescu. It's not how it appears. Domitresque. 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 Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So if, if you're wondering why, it, like, if you're on the YouTube page and you're like, wait a second, Dubs, uh, I see that you already did Resident Evil Village. Uh, and you probably, if you haven't seen the whole video, because at least halfway through it starts, the audio goes in and out, or or it's overpowered by game music. Uh, I game, just <laughs> not G A Y, a game music. Uh, the reason we're doing we're doing a re re review of Resident Evil Village with the Shadows of Rose, the third person mode, pretty much the gold edition of Resident Evil 8 Village. So you're kind of getting something new with this re-re-review, but we're doing the review again. So, um, obviously, uh, if you're here on YouTube, make sure you like and subscribe. Um, and also, if you're on Twitch, make sure you hit that follow button. And if you want to subscribe and spend $5, then do that if you want to as well, because... Money is money, and you need money in today's economy. You uh, do what you feel. Yes. So let's let's get into it. The we usually do the intro wise of development of Resident Evil games or any games that we talk about in the survival horror or horror genre. Um, if I remember correctly, that this game took about three years to develop. Right. That was the development time frame. Yeah, I double-checked. It was three and a half years, and it actually started half a year before RE7 was going to release. Mm -hmm. It's like they just preemptively decided, like, okay, we're going to start the next one. And at first, they didn't really commit to continuing the story of 7 because they wanted to wait and see how it would do, I guess. Because mm -hmm. they weren't sure, because they were kind of, you know, going back to basics kind of thing. Um then it worked out, and then they're like, okay, we're going to continue this this story that we started in 7. Um, <laughs> and it's funny. the I, I don't remember seeing a lot of this information before when we, we did our original review. Um, but it looks like more information has come out about the development of it. And they said the idea was to balance things kind of like how RE4 did in terms of like the the gameplay loop and feel of the game a little bit. Mm -hmm. I totally feel that. And if I remember last time I said it had like very Resident Evil 4 vibes that I like liked about it. Like It's like they injected more survival horror with Resident Evil 4 in a way um, based off of the visuals and stuff uh, and, and the items. Because when I was playing it, the items were kind of scarce when I played it because I think I played it on... Uh, hard the first time I played it on because I wanted to like go through the story again and, and the feel of things I did play around with the the uh, the third person hard modes and stuff and there's an obvious like shootings like when you're shooting one of the enemies like if you're playing hard mode it takes about like five or six but if you're playing on casual it's about three but yeah I definitely feel that there was like beats to it that were trying to be like Resident Evil 4 and I definitely did feel that yeah, and some other notes about that uh, is 
at least outside of the RE4 thing real quick, is they wanted to try to, I guess one reason why they wanted to use RE4 for like uh, inspiration a little bit was they wanted they, they wanted to reach a potentially wider audience than what they did with 7, or what they mm-hmm. thought 7 would get. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it keeps coming up, like I, I read like whole paragraphs about this at keep talking about oh Resident Evil 4 this Resident Evil 4 that so it's like I, I guess they just when they sat down and started plotting this game's development course out they were just like Resident Evil 4 <laughs> look at Resident Evil 4 <laughs> I think it has to come down to like marketing because now today's everything's trendy now um like if you have a like you know a movie coming out or a product that's coming out they usually have to bring a movie to like kind of remind people or a TV show, be like, oh, we're doing this because this product is coming out. And I think they probably thought this by like, hey, we need to have like a Resident Evil 4 type of theme because Resident Evil 4 remake is coming out. Um, and that might have went. I'm not saying it's the main thing, but it's probably something that they thought was marketable for that. Do I think that's wrong? I mean, I. I thought it was kind of weird that we went from fucking Louisiana to like Romania. <laughs> well, in the story, it kind of makes a little bit more sense when it starts, you know, and they give you that little bit of background. of like why they're there and everything. Yeah. Uh, if you're, if you're, are you trying to say like, you think that they purposefully did this to lead into hyping up the Resident Evil 4 remake that was coming out? Yeah, I mean, I like I said, I don't think it's the main thing, but I wouldn't put it past them to be like, "Hey, we have this remake coming out." It would be kind. It's kind of like uh, predictive programming, you know, like when they, you know, put like, "Hey, there's going to be a blackout or a virus in movies like ten years in advance," and then it finally <laughs> happens in the world. And it's like it's like that. It's like uh, it's programming your brain to get ready for Resident Evil Four remake. See. I don't think that's the case on this one. I think it was accidental because the timeline doesn't match. Uh, okay. Cause like, cause like, you know, like, like I just said, this was like half, it started half a year before seven was even going to come out and they were unsure how that was going to do. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, they're also working on a remake of Resident Evil two that isn't finished yet. It's not going to come out for three more years. Yeah. Uh, true. So like and at the time their attitude about that was if it does well we'll we'll do another. That that's like what their attitude was about it. Mm-hmm. So I don't I don't I it's it sounds dumb but I think it was just an accident. <laughs> I guess maybe because me I don't think Resident Evil 4 is the best game but majority of the casuals think that Resident Evil 4 is like the best Resident Evil game out there. Oh yeah. I mean, like if you look at Andy, who's not big into like horror games in general, um, he really loves Resident Evil Four, and I think that's what made other people play because it wasn't too hard on the horror and hard on the survival horror. Uh, so they were just like, "We need to get a wider net. We can't just like stick to this niche of like, you know, hardcore horror fans." And I that might have been in their marketing, be like, "Resident Evil Four, we 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 did fucking amazing on that." Let's let's make that a thing on Village. Yeah, um, like I've joined a, uh, I've joined like fan groups and stuff on like Facebook random times. I don't use like 
Reddit and stuff like that. Right. So I'm still like a, I'm still a boomer and I, I operate on Facebook primarily, mm-hmm. but I've come and gone out of like fan groups. I tried to, I was in a silent Hill fan group for a while and that was kind of fun. And I left it because of the silent Hill two trailers that dropped and how it made it split the fandom, like right down the center. And it's <laughs> the feed became nothing but people bitching about how terrible it was going to be before it would ever come out. Oh my God. James doesn't have the right nose or mouth and hands. What the fuck is going on? <laughs> yeah. Like that's that stupid shit again. And yeah. people like, wanting to hope that it's good and them just getting roasted for thinking that basically. And I was like, this is boring. I'm done with this, but this Resident Evil group I've joined earlier this year or last year, I should say it it's panned out to be a pretty good group. Actually, it's probably the best one I joined. (laughs) And I've noticed people's opinions about like RE4. Like if they, if that's like their favorite game, they fucking defend that game to the death and don't accept like anybody saying anything's better than it at all or anything bad about it. (laughs) I will say this Resident Evil Village made me respect Resident Evil 4 a little bit more. Cause like I said, Resident Evil 4 is a good game. You know, it's fun. But like when I, my, I'm always a diehard fan where I'm like, it just needs to stick to that formula of just dread uh, you know, finding items and stuff and like, you know, trying to get past these zombies and having these, um, you know, boss battles. And I really fucking hate the mashing of the button. If you ever, you know, if you ever, you know, make sure you're hitting the, the QTE moments and all that stuff. I fucking hate that. And that's yeah. what really like kind of turned me off of it when I first played it. But, you know, since Resident Evil 4 Remake is coming out in March... Like, I'm thinking about playing Resident Evil 4, the original, in February, just so that I could, like, re-examine it a little bit. Because I know we already reviewed it, but, like, I still had my same feelings a little bit. But I want to see, if, after playing Village, how I feel about it. If I still feel that it's, like, the same from when I reviewed it, and then when I first played it, then it's probably going to stick in my rankings. But if it changes... When we do Resident Evil 4 remake, that might be a, a deciding factor. So, yeah, we'll provide an update about that later. Yeah. Um. There also there was there was an attempt to tone down the horror some from RE7 and uh, RE2 remake even. Oh my god! Because <laughs> I mean, it's it just is what it's just not as scary as those two games are. Um, yeah. It's like down to like I mean the lichens. When there's like a bunch of those, and if you play on some kind of difficulty that's tougher than like, you know, casual, usually, mm-hmm. if you get like a bunch of those guys around you, they're kind of, they can get kind of tough to deal with a little bit. On harder difficulties, they're pretty, they're pretty scary because they just do so much damage and they're fast. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, like some of the other stuff, it, enemies, they aren't as scary. It, it, more like the, some of them are just annoying, like the fucking, the things in Heisenberg's factory are just annoying because you just have to shoot them in these fuck me lights. They have, they have weak points. Um, the stalker enemy lady D is, is like very slow and she's kind of, I mean, she is kind of scary because she's so big and all the big attack and it can, it's got a lot of reach, but mm-hmm. you can very easily outrun her. It's not like Mr. X. Like when you play Resident Evil two remake and, if you play on hard, Mr. X walks faster. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but uh, 
I feel like they should have done some – this gets into gameplay a little bit, but we're going to get there here shortly. Mm-hmm. Uh, they should have done some things with the difficulty a little bit, I think, would have helped. Like, yeah, I, this goes back to, like, even RE3 remake a little bit. We're like, remember Nemesis? You can take him out with a grenade. Yeah. That should have been how you dealt with him in casual. Mm-hmm. And then, like, every other time, it would be like you had to fight him. Like, in normal, it would just be easier to beat him in a fight and then hard is like when you play the original game on hard <laughs> i kind of don't want and uh, capcom if you are listening or watching if you are Listen. but uh i i don't want them to do this like thing following you because I, I i have a feeling they're gonna do that in, in resident Evil 4 remake because they're just gonna have this predator type person that's gonna be chasing you and it, it's kind of becoming like a fad that is like overplayed now the stalker uh, enemy uh it's there's probably gonna be one i don't know what it is but uh somebody posited that it was like one of the bosses from the original game and like their roles kind of changed a little bit um man. we'll see but i bet there's probably gonna be one and if you're gonna blame anything on this uh you blame alien isolation because <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it started it yeah but um yeah, pe- people have like a love-hate relationship with that too. And I don't know. It's like people bitched about Mr. X and they made Nemesis weaker and Lady D's like almost not even like a threat because she's so slow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like they made her slow on purpose because of the memes because like, oh my God, mommy milkers and all that stuff. <laughs> and like, like they just wanted that giantism to be like a thing. Now, there's still some parts of this game like that are that have a lot of horror to, like okay the whole uh house benevito is like uh that's more of a horror that's got a lot more horror elements to it than the entire game does put together almost mm-hmm. and that's where <laughs> most of like the puzzle solving comes into play a little bit as well yeah there's a lot more of a puzzle focus there versus like the rest of the game where it's just like pick up this thing and put it in this thing Mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of stuff uh but yeah uh that's all the notes i had about the development yeah they when like obviously probably years down the road when there's like another itch, itchy tasty book or something um we'll probably get more deep into like development and all the pol- politics probably happen in the business side of things uh yeah. this, this game is still like <laughs> new <laughs> in a way yeah, it's still it's just like what it's gonna come up on two years old come May, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, what would that book be called? Itchier, tastier. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Itchier, tastier. Itchier, tastier. Not the the movie. That that movie. Oh my god! When they did the itchy, tasty thing in the Return to uh, Raccoon City or whatever that movie was, a Welcome oh, to Raccoon that, City. That turd. That turd of a movie. But anyway. <laughs> Uh, there's been one cast change. Um, we have another Chris. <laughs> yeah, so Chris changed, and he changed in appearance, too. And I guess it's more in line with, like, how he ended up looking in RE5 and 6, which is fine. People seem to just generally accept that's what Chris should look like now, and I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. Um, because I feel like I, I can follow this line of logic that, you know, Chris goes through RE1 and 
all the other shit earlier in his life. And he has, like, PTSD and shit. He's like, you know what? F- fuck zombies. Fuck bioweapons. And he just starts, like, getting on the gas and pumping iron and shit. <laughs> and then, like, yeah, I could totally see that as, like, a way to cope. <laughs> so, but, but yeah, uh, Jeff Shine, uh, who played Carlos in RE3 Remake, is Chris now. It fucks me up, man. Every time I hear his voice as Chris, I'm like, that's Carlos. <laughs> like, like I mean, yeah. you can't change your voice a little bit <laughs> to be, like, not Carlos. Maybe he's, like, you know, Kevin Costner or, or Jack Nicholson or, like, you know, those actors that can't hide that they're that person. Yeah. Yeah, maybe he's like that a little bit. <laughs> so, <laughs> but I, it's fine. I like him, like, as Chris. And I feel like his... I sort of feel like he, his voice fits as Chris. Uh, maybe even a little bit more than Carlos did. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, he did a good job in this, and it was a better performance than what was Chris in RE7. Even though it was like a DLC or something. He yeah. wasn't bad. It was just like kind of weird. It didn't really feel like Chris. Well, that's why like people made that like, dumb thing like oh they were making like clones of fucking chris redfield <laughs> and he was like working the fuck for a why <laughs> this isn't metal gear why would somebody <laughs> want to do that i don't know it's like <laughs> it, it's one of those things like every time when you know back in the uh i call them the dark ages of resident evil even though we don't say it's a bad game but it wasn't a great game and all that stuff where they come out with like these wacky ideas and stuff and you're just like, oh, Umbrella's doing all this crazy shit that, like, because Chris Redfield punched a boulder and killed a- uh, Albert Wesker, we're just going to take his jeans and, <laughs> and make him and, like, put him in, like, these blue Umbrella people. But we found out, like, the Umbrella has changed. There's a, there's a part of it that is, like, doing good now and all that stuff. They restructured. They're, they're yeah. now a, a bio. They're, they're, like, mostly a medical and bio weapon counter agency now. Yeah, and the um, BSAA is like now splitting up where there's like a bioterrorist group and like and the other is just like oh we're the good guys. It's like it's so confusing when it comes to that stuff. Th- yeah. That's that's where I kind of like roll my eyes a little bit is when they're doing stuff like oh now Leon is this like secret service person that is helping the president you know, doing stuff, and then you have, like, Claire, like, the only person that, out of everybody that, like, is actually normal is fucking Claire. She's a reporter. <laughs> and she, she's like, she basically got into activism, like, against bioterrorism. Yeah, they, more yeah. or less. Yeah. Uh, I got I to correct myself real quick. I said, what, is, there's no Metal Gear shit in Resident Evil. I lied. I forgot. I'm sorry. They did that shit with Wesker and Spencer. They Spencer had to make clothes of himself to figure out some some way to increase his lifespan. That that was Metal Gear bullshit. And a little bit. <laughs> Miranda, like Mother Miranda, is like kind of Metal Gearish too. Like she's this like person that can like shape shift into like fucking people's uh, wives and uh, apparently some guy named K in the DLC. See, there's things about that too that like I don't. I had this discussion with a friend one time about like twins or something. Mm-hmm. Like, you ever date anybody that had a twin or whatever? And it's like, would you notice if they switch places? Just some like kind of goofy discussion about something like that before. And it's like, oh yeah, you'd notice. It's like you would think like if this person 
if Miranda took over, uh, uh, oh man, I forgot her name. <laughs> uh, Mia. Mia. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. She's forgettable in this game. <laughs> but, uh, if, if she just took her spot and like didn't study her and do like method acting to, to like replicate her behavior, like he would have noticed something was wrong, like immediately. Yeah. Well, I, I'll get into it a little bit. Uh, I guess, do we, is there anything else about Chris Redfield that we want to touch on? No, we're kind of bleeding into other stuff. We got to talk about the gameplay first. Yeah. <laughs> so- uh, before we talk about, uh, the meaty flesh. I have an ad for you guys, so I'm going to go play that right now. Wrestling nerds, wrestling weebs, wrestling fans. If you're looking for a different kind of podcast, one that goes over actual big wrestling news, I mean real stories, not somebody getting divorced or baseless rumors or whatnot, and get some color, we got that. We also do reviews of wrestling from the past, but sometimes we also do wrestling from the modern day too, if it's something that interests us at the time. Other than that, I would say the main attraction is just three guys who have been lifelong wrestling fans doing what wrestling fans do. Cutting up, cracking jokes, and just enjoying the entertainment wrestling can provide. However that comes. If you want to catch Getting Some Color, you can catch it bi-weekly on Thursdays, 10 p.m. Eastern, usually. Usually. (laughs) Sometimes things happen. Yes. So we're going to get into the gameplay. Um, So obviously... How are we going to attack this? Are we going to because there's two types of modes now uh, from the gold. You have the uh, obviously the original uh, from Resident Evil Seven, which is first person, and then you have the third person. Um, did we want to attack it in any way? Well, I figured at first we would just uh, talk about the base game, and then when okay. we get to talking about the extra DLC stuff, we'll, we'll examine each of those. I'll have some. And- Gameplay in the background, and don't worry, I I mute it. The mute button is there, so there's no <laughs> audio. Um, let's see. Uh, there what? It's like he's man. He walks funny in that. Like, I just <laughs> noticed. There's some third person gameplay there. He's kind of like wa- waving his arms like in an exaggerated manner yeah. in the snow. Yeah. It, 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 <laughs> we'll, we'll get to it, but like we're, when I, we're gonna when I, get there. When, when I was playing this, I was like, "What is going?" It felt weird, and that's weird to say because, like, obviously we had tank controls, and then we have revelations, and then we had the Resident Evil Two remake and three remake, and then we had it for this. And I'll get to it later, but it felt weird playing it third person in this game. It is weird, um, mm-hmm. but to talk about the base uh, game stuff. Uh, it still has the basic Resident Evil 7 framework in terms of how everything you got the uh, your item screen, you get more inventory space. It, it takes some cues from RE4 mm-hmm. uh, with like the merchant coming back, being the Duke. Uh, his, belly, his, huh? belly, his belly is out of control, man. Like when you when I played the uh, PlayStation 5 version. And in like high definition and stuff, <laughs> it's like so gross. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's it's something. Uh, well, he might have like a fucking parasite in him too. Yeah, I, I don't know. How do you get that fat? I mean, shouldn't he die? <laughs> but uh, 
Yeah, and then like upgrading the weapons and finding money and treasures, like all that stuff's there from RE4. So again, RE4 strikes again there. Mm-hmm. Um, each area in this game has kind of like a different flavor of horror and design in like the RE framework, more or less. It's like the village reminds you a lot of Resident Evil 4's village. And then you go to like the castle. And that kind of feels a little bit like an older RE area, like some kind of big, opulent fucking place with like weird architecture and furniture and puzzles and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we talked about the manor house bit of Viento and how it's like, it's kind of falls into that category a little bit too, but it's a smaller area. Yeah. Uh, the fishing village where you fight Moreau. Uh, that was there's some cut content there actually. I need to add that one while I remember. Mm-hmm. Um, that also kind of reminds you of RE4 a little bit. Like when you're, you're in the lake area and there's like the lake monster and stuff. Um, and Heisenberg's factory is like. I think that's supposed to remind you of like all the industrial areas and it's like a cross between that and a lab more or less. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like kind of like in my opinion, even playing it again, I still think that area is a little too long. It could have been cut down a little bit, I think. Yeah. It, when I always get to that point and when I played it on third person, um, I, I, by the way, I got to a point where like I was recording way too much <laughs> because this is my <laughs> gameplay and I was like, I'm just gonna play uh, that part. And I was like, man, it's dra- it drags so much. And it, like, I don't know what I can compare that to Resident Evil Four. Like uh, the section, by the way. Like maybe the cult area. <laughs> like when when you start getting into like the castle, like priest and stuff, and then like the laboratory, I guess. Uh, well, I don't know if I'd, I. I don't think I would really compare it to anything in RE Four. Like, it, I guess there's some parts of the island yeah some of that a little bit it made me Mm. think more about like some of the more industrial areas and like the other games Mm -hmm. but uh yeah like that's cool i like that i like that they they they're able to touch on different kind of parts of resident evil and like the areas Mm um i know in general in this game there's less emphasis on puzzles with some exceptions uh yeah some of them are kind of cool though. Like some of them are kind of like sight gags a little bit. Like remember that that one where you find like a shack somewhere, and uh, th- by the, there's like a lot of side areas you can like go back and unlock compared to like RE seven and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like one of those side areas you can go back to and revisit. There's like a shack, and in it there's like a safe. And there's like a note saying the combination is look behind you out the window and you have to like line it up the right way. And then a lichen pops up in the window. It's like, ah, yeah, <laughs> I was like, Oh, that was kind of cool. Good job. guys. <laughs> I give them credit on that. But like, even in today's modern gaming, like I wonder if they do it because, it, and you know, it's kind of sad to say, but like people are dumb and they don't want people giving up right away. Um, I've seen it. Yeah. It's, it's it's true real talk people have like almost zero patience for puzzles of any kind it's like 
as soon as they run to like a puzzle of, of if it's not like toddler simple they just want to like give up they start looking shit up and everything and all this other stuff they don't want to they don't want to stop mm-hmm. um it's not i've seen worse i've seen a lot worse <laughs> but uh I, I just it's a lot less compared to like even what RE7 did, how it kinda had the cool shadow play things with like the sculptures and um there were some other things like Lucas's area had some interesting puzzles you had to solve and stuff. And you still gotta do like the Resident Evil thing where you're just like, Oh, I here's the puzzle piece, but it's locked behind some like flimsy door, but I gotta find all the keys to open it up. <laughs> because you, like you got, yeah, you gotta get some keys or you gotta get a thing to put in a thing to open the thing. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm glad they have that formula in there because, like, even though it's like, man, I could just take this piece of item or my shotgun and just fucking shoot the door or the window and stuff um, and, like, get the item. So I'm glad they put that in there. Uh, but like like I was explaining before, if you're looking on video-wise, by the way, um, I'm playing third person on, uh, on, on casual, uh, and the enemies are easy to shoot at especially when you're hip fire. Uh, and I noticed this too, like when you're, when the difficulty gets harder, your aim is uh, different. It's not auto aim. And it, it, it sucks when they do auto aim because it doesn't go to the head. Because usually when you play Resident Evil games, the head is the most vulnerable spot to kill your enemy or the weakest. <laughs> All the enemies in casual go center mass and it pisses me the fuck off. <laughs> like, and I'm like, like trying to aim, and I'm like, it, it's almost to the point where I'm like playing like Resident Evil Four on modern controllers now, and I'm just like, ah, get, get, get to the fucking head! What are you doing? So, <laughs> so that pisses me off a little bit. Um, boss battles, I would say this was a step up from seven, in my opinion. yeah i think it was for sure yeah i i won't say it's a big step but it's different than what it was in like seven because when i played seven and this is me coming off of six by the way where i'm just like blah (laughs) like everything sucks about fucking resident evil now uh (laughs) and when i played it i was like okay they're bringing back bosses and then someone on facebook just messaged me and probably everybody heard that Damn you, Andy, it was you. It was you, Andy. It was you all along. All right, let me change that. Um, but, like, when you played it in seven, the bosses, you're just like, all right, they're finally now bosses, but it still didn't feel right. But I don't know what it was about Village. Maybe it's, like, spe- a spectacle in a way where I had more ro- room to run because when you're in Louisiana in a house and, like, property, everything was close quarters. I don't know. Yeah, the, the fights in uh, seven were cramped for the most part. Like Jack in different parts of the house, uh, which, by the way, like I said before, like that—that's a lot more terrifying, and it gives you a lot more tension than what I remembered. Like having to deal with Jack. Mm-hmm. Uh, the chainsaw battle is fucking amazing. I don't care yes. what anybody says. Yeah, <laughs> that's just awesome. That's my um, favorite one in seven. I liked when you fought Marguerite when she turned into the weird insect thing, and it was gross and creepy. Mm-hmm. Uh, that creep factor. That reminded me of like a boss fight from like Resident Evil One, 
or something. Mm -hmm. Uh, something about the way that one was. And it's real simple too. Like none of these are like really hard. It's just like, you have to like hit the enemies enough and not die. So it's kind of like got that classic Resident Evil design to it. <laughs> yeah. Figure out how to hit them and not die. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Eight though. Um, there's a little bit more to it. Like you, when you fight lady D and she turns into like a giant, which there, there's something to be said about, what, how some of these bosses are and maybe the pacing, how they could have changed things a little bit, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, it's kind of nuts that like the first big boss you face is, is her turning into like this giant dragon that flies around and you're fighting her like a, a tower in a castle. Yes. <laughs> and it's like, you got to hit her in weak spots with like a sniper rifle and she causes, she's causing so much destruction and stuff. Mm-hmm. So that's tough. You've got now Donna when you when you're at her house like that's a totally different kind of fight altogether. Yeah, there was many. There was a variety in in village. Like again, you had like this <laughs> this like Skyrim type of fight with Lady D, uh, and then you had the 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 fucking dollhouse one where you're just like, uh, okay, I get it. Like we had this whole thing where this fetus was like chasing you and then you know the 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 doll like showing up in different parts of the house and stuff like that uh and then and then you had like the i i think out of the whole thing i did kind of like the what was the fish guy's name again bro i i kind of like that battle i don't know why um maybe because it was just like exhilarating it was more like action-packed uh, yeah, it was a little more action. I also think it was because like you get some kind of visceral joy out of killing such a disgusting fuck. Yeah, <laughs> just puking you, <laughs> fucking pu- uh, acid puke, just raining on you. You're just like fuck you. I'm under the this roof that somehow is protecting me. <laughs> <laughs> Something to do that. And, and and by the way, they did go out of their way purposefully to make him as gross as possible. That wasn't an accident. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, and Heisen- Heisenberg was just like. Wow, is this Metal Gear? <laughs> like, because you're fighting this like mech, you're like Gundam style piece of shit. Like, it's it wasn't bad, but I'm just like, it was so left field for me. I I, I don't know why. That one was weird, but it was also enjoyable. It was Chris fixes a battle bot for you to fight in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you have this, you have like a, a multi tier battle against Heisenberg. Yeah, <laughs> where it's like you're fighting in the battle bot, and the battle bot gets fucking blown up, and you have to fight on foot, and then you there's a third part where you get launched in the air and like a desperation attack, and you have to like shoot him in the right fucking spot or yeah, die. The fuck, I me, guess. the fuck me lights. You have to shoot him in his fuck me light in this particular spot, or you're gonna die. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's one of those, and then Miranda's fight is like a bunch of different like phases uh, that you can hit her different spots and it's kind of I didn't really I didn't really like it um the Miranda fights uh, at all because I was like I just came from a mech battle <laughs> like, like and now I'm just facing this like what is she is she like a demon angel the demon angel <laughs> Uh, I don't know. Yeah, see, that's kind of like my point that I was trying to make before is like maybe they could have broke these fights up into different orders to make them like 
you got one really visually impressive, crazy fight that was the first one, and then like the other two don't really compare to it right after that. Mm-hmm. So it's like, well, and then you do Heisenberg, and then it's like, oh, so I just fight this fucking crazy person that transforms into different stuff. Like it's a spider, then she's flying at me, then she's trying to hit me with like a spirit bomb, and <laughs> it's just all kinds of stuff's going on. But it's like you you got done having a Metal Gear battle. Like I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like like if anything, I think she should have been like the puppet master um, of like all of them all at once, uh, and then at the end, like she goes into like some type of Super Saiyan mode or something like that, where you're just like fuck. But, like, it, it just kind of felt like she was like, I'm going to send these light fixtures, like, balls at you and, and like, try to kill you and stuff. Because you're, I'm trying to get my baby that I've been trying to save for a while. And I fucked up on, like, Evelyn and all that stuff. Um, I guess we could, like, talk about the story a little bit. Um, uh, yeah, there was only one other minor thing I wanted to touch on with the gameplay and design real quick. Mm-hmm. They dropped the found footage aesthetic and the framing device at RE7. It's it's just gone now, which I kind of like miss a little bit, but mm-hmm. I'm okay with it being contained to that game because it makes it more unique in a way. Yeah. Now we can talk about story characters. Story time. <laughs> Summary. So, yeah. <laughs> um, If you remember at the end of 7... Like obviously he he finds Mia, um, and you know you're rescued by Chris, and I guess they're in type some type of safe house in Europe. Like, is that what we're led to believe? Yeah, they got relocated by um, the blue umbrella BSAA, the government, whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't think BSAA. I just kind of railed them off, uh, but um, it was to hide them in like a safer location, monitor them. They live in like a remote European area. Um, and then you just start off in your house and then Chris and all his guys come in and murder Mia. It looks like <laughs> that's, that's how the game starts. They steal your baby. They murder your wife. <laughs> As the reaction is perfect. Too. He's like, Chris, Why? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, what else can you say? Yeah, he was just, he was obviously just like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> I mean, it works too. Even like, even after you played the game, that whole, that's a great intro, honestly. Mm-hmm. Hold on, I'm trying to find, I, I have this thing here and it's not working. Anyway, um, I'm, gonna, I'm like trying to find a thing. Sorry. I'm like sidetracked trying to find a video that I could put up, but. Um, the story, like from there, obviously Chris comes and then he's taken and he goes from like (laughs) a modern home to like this snowy Romania, like looks like they're still stuck in World War II, (laughs) like 1940s, pretty much town. Yeah. It's like the technology level and everything's still kind of from over 50 years ago or something. Mm -hmm. But, um. Yeah, uh, so the whole game is just Ethan's trying to get Rosemary, his daughter, back because they stole it. And it, they stole her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and 
and it turns out like it was this group of weirdos that, that lord over this village literally that that stole it, her <laughs> and eventually he finds out they split her up into four parts because this crazy person decided if i split her up and put her back together i can i can bring my daughter back yeah that's that's the thing that kind of like Again, I always when I play a game and I'm having fun, like like with the gameplay itself, I get blinded by like what is happening in in this story, and like I thought about this, like it's so stupid, <laughs> like how like she has, uh, you know, the child Rose, but it's like in these vials that you have to like capture. From and, and and I do like that yeah. they they split it up into like the sections. By the way, they had like Lady D in the castle. They had uh, the dollhouse. They had the the fishman, and then like the uh, Heisenberg. And then like when you collect them, you're just it, then when you get to Mother Miranda, that uh, that's when you know you get the baby back and all that stuff. So I like I dig that part, but then that's when I go. All right, Resident Evil, you're getting down to the territory of like this is paranormal, like crazy shit. <laughs> a little bit. It was. It gets. It gets further into that territory in this game. Some and even further later. But uh, this whole thing, it's like, yeah, your your goal is to get all your parts of your daughter back and everything from all these weirdos, and you learn about the plot of like why this even happened to begin with. And then eventually it's revealed. Chris was not a secret asshole. Although he was a secret asshole, he was a different kind of secret asshole. Mm-hmm. He was the kind of secret asshole that, that basically executed this plan and didn't tell you anything about it until later. <laughs> <laughs> and, and for, it's, for your own protection or some shit. Yeah. And it's kind of wacky because there is a part where like, uh, I, you go like into a tent area um, and he's like there because like he can't be out in a certain section because mother Miranda's listening, listening and stuff. And he's like, just trust me. And he doesn't like tell him anything. He only tells him when like he's about to fight a big mech and he's like building, which by the way, that's silly that he's like throughout the whole game. He's like building this fucking battle mech. <laughs> like, oh, no well- one- that that's not what that was. That was a, a Heisenberg invention that was left over. Oh, okay. And he, he uh, it the 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 thing that was silly about it though was it just so happened to be made out of materials that he couldn't control with his power. That oh, makes yeah. no sense. Why would he build a machine that could not be controlled by his own power on purpose? <laughs> <laughs> it's like he it's like he decided to invent something that could just fuck him up for fun. Like I don't. I don't get it. <laughs> they didn't think about that one very hard. <laughs> yeah. Um, the dollhouse. It, and I'm going to say this probably for Shadow of Rose because, like, majority of the game, it has, like, that haunted house feeling, like, escape room type of thing going on. Ooh, haunted house. Yeah. And it's, like, I digged it because, like, when I first played it, I was like, oh, no. Oh, this fetus that's chasing me. No, I, I, I can't play this in the, in the dark. I'll have fucking nightmare fuel, pretty much. That part uh, is pretty scary, though, for real. That's 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 a good uh, scare area. <laughs> and they do something like pretty, uh, you know, unique with the mannequins and Shadow of Rose. Um, but like at the same time, they take your weapons away, which again, 
I'm not, this is not me complaining, but like it puts me in a linear path where I'm just like, oh, I got to go find this puzzle so I could do this thing and like solve it and then get out of it. And, uh, and like, I dig it for that going back to the roots. But then again, it just feels like they put it in there just to appease us. Like, th th does that make any sense? Like, they made their own little island for us <laughs> so that we could feel happy that there's puzzles and there's, you know, survival horror where there's no weapons. Yeah, that's that's the exception. Though. They had to do it in a way where there's like, oh, there's no weapons. And that's like kind of a trope of like modern horror games a little bit. Mm-hmm. Not even a little bit, a lot. It, well, it's not as prominent anymore. There was a phase of modern horror games, especially like on that were made for like PC from like the indie scene, mm -hmm. where like you were playing like it was mostly first person games, uh, I think. But it'd always be like you're in a creepy area, and you have to figure out what the hell to do, and there's puzzles, and you have to find out the story. But guess what? You can't fight back at all. Mm -hmm. <laughs> all you can do is like hide. Or walk around and solve puzzles. Yeah. Uh, and I don't think that for the way it was executed in RE8's base game, it was fine because Ethan was hallucinating because he got contaminated by like a weird fucking drug in that area. <laughs> so he basically tripped out and to him, it was like he lost all of his equipment. Mm -hmm. So that's okay. He, he was having a fucking acid trip or something. Yeah, <laughs> but, but like in the in the DLC, the explanation's different, and that, that's a whole thing where you have to break down the whole mechanic of like the story and what's causing it and why. Mm -hmm. that, that's something else altogether. Um, I do like with Duke, by the way. Besides of him being disgusting and fat, um, I do like that he does like the because he's a merchant. He's talking to other merchants, so he talks about the. You know the merchant from Resident Evil Four, so I do like that Easter egg, and I hope in Resident Evil Four Remake we get an Easter egg of Duke. <laughs> Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> um. Let's see. Uh, but yeah, eventually, uh, you get to the point where yeah, Chris finally fills you in on what was happening, and that oh, I didn't shoot your wife. That was Miranda the whole time. What? Where is she? Where's Mia then? That's a good question. Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, oh, good. It's a little off topic before we get into like the, the endish part. Do you think that Lady D's daughters should have had a, like a, one should have been harder uh, and two should have had a, like a, a, maybe a little bit bigger part. And also Lady D having the bigger part in my opinion, because like, oh, oh yeah, the, the marketing on that was like Lady D was going to be like the person that we're going to be like going against. And she was literally the first section of the game. Yeah, that's a that's a whole thing. Uh, this just reminded me of another piece of cut content. This footage here that I got right down. This footage is, is really helpful. <laughs> what the one that I'm, um, we're watching on right now. Yeah. Uh, there we go. I'll make sure to mention that later. Uh, anyway, um, yeah, uh, I have a whole thing about Lady D and like the her daughters and everything. Uh, yeah, they're like huge pushovers, even in like the harder difficulty. Mm -hmm. It's like you learn their weakness, which is like uh, uh, they, when they get exposed to the cold weather, they fucking freeze up and 
you can hurt them and eventually kill them really easily, even in the harder difficulties. Yeah. <laughs> it's like not so they're not really that now. What's funny is if they actually manage to get up on you, they're fucking scary. Because <laughs> they start grabbing you and screaming and shit and like cutting you with like these sickles. You're just like, ah like Ethan's like freaking out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like pretty visceral, like first person violence, really. And yeah. um like Lady D, my whole thing was I agree with what you're saying. Like the way they marketed that, it made her seem like she was a bigger deal. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, that's just the first boss in the first area, and it's it's just gone. It's done. Uh I thought, and I found this out later, like I didn't really like Miranda as the main villain. No. She feels like really kind of tacked on, in my opinion. Like even now. And I found out that that might be for a little bit of a reason. That was because they added her like really late in development to the story. <laughs> it, it's kind of lame a little bit. And I know like I touted like, because the big thing, like when we find the documents later on, you're like, Oh, she was, you know, talking with Spencer and all that stuff. And she was kind of there at the beginning of like all the Resident Evil outbra- uh, outbreaks and stuff. I was like, that's interesting. Cause I always like connection, but like, yeah, it does like, going through it again it does feel tacked on like like they put those documents in there just be like oh we need to connect her somehow in there and it was their way to like make it more legitimate yeah because without that connection is this a resident evil game and and i i don't think it is like obviously ethan winter is there and he was in resident evil 7 and chris redfield's there that's that's also a link but like the whole bigger picture, like if anything, it, it, it kind of feels like the movie Taken. What have you done with my daughter? I have a certain set of skills and all that stuff. <laughs> and then <laughs> like Mo- Taken, yeah, Mar- Miranda's like good luck and like hangs up the phone. <laughs> well, I, I still think it's a Resident Evil game because it has the qualifications of one. There is a biohazard in this village, um, mm. and you're dealing with it. This is. You're, the reason why you're dealing with it, the the character's reasons for always being there changes. <laughs> in I this wish- case, it, it was Ethan's. The reason Ethan gets involved in bullshit is because somebody takes somebody that he knows. Somebody gets lost, they get kidnapped. <laughs> it happened again for him. Yeah. <laughs> Both of his family members got kidnapped. Actually. Yeah, his wife was in seven, and now his baby and stuff. <laughs> Uh, which, which, by the way, when we get to the DLC, it's fucking funny. The letter that Rose finds, I'm like, oh man, that that aged pretty poorly. That letter. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, I would have made Lady D the the main antagonist, and that's not just because uh thirst or simpage or whatever. Like, don't get me wrong; some elements of that are kind of annoying in the fandom. Mm-hmm. It was fun, but like it kind of made it made her into a little bit of a joke in the fandom kind of uh i would oh what are you saying i i would have still kept miranda um but not make like obviously i'm going i'm feeding off of your point like not make her the main thing like she could have been a main villain like a, a main like leader to this group <laughs> which by the way another metal gear cast because it kind of feels like uh liquids the uh, misfits and stuff <laughs> on fucking shadow moses and stuff and she kind of has her own misfits of uh, a group terrorist group and i i would have had like evelyn like go to lady d and be like we need to get this bitch out of the leader 
uh, <laughs> yeah, and like somehow kill her. I think she could have still worked in the game, and you could have made her like I don't know, like the lead researcher or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, because that was, she was like a scientist and everything. I mean, you couldn't fucking tell because of the motifs and the way she acts and all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she acts like a fucking anime villain. <laughs> but, yeah. but like, uh, like I had like a whole thing where it's like this is this is how this should this should start the village stuff. It's like this all, all the same sequence happens where like he gets overwhelmed by the lichens and shit and it looks like he's about to die or something mm-hmm. and then like I don't know you hear like bells or some kind of fucking alarm or whatever and then like a, a giant carriage being pulled by like those those horribly mutated lichen things you know the ones that are like on all fours and they're huge mm-hmm. comes in and then Lady D comes out of this giant carriage <laughs> <laughs> and she's like well what have we here and she's because that's the other thing too. Is she has like a lot more screen presence and charisma projected from her performance. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other characters ha- have that too. I mean, except Donna, but that's different. Like Heisenberg is still great. He's weird, Nicholas Cage-ish motherfucker, but <laughs> yeah, it's so weird. He like has this Nicholas Cage vibe to him. Nicholas Cage as Magneto. Yeah, and then the fish <laughs> guy is just like uncontrollably puking. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah he's also different, but like. Uh, like, then the whole thing could have still been like, I'm mutating and I don't like this. It, it, uh, I'm sick of drinking blood. I want like a permanent cure so I could be beautiful forever and live forever without having to do this. So I stole your daughter. <laughs> <laughs> Get her back if you can. <laughs> and he's like, I will. I'll get her. And then even like, I, I even had it set up to where it's like you fight her same way you go into the castle and i noticed there are areas in the castle you can't access no matter what mm. there's like a couple doors that just don't ever open um what do you think like I, this is i i always do this thing like a what if like if chris wanted to protect like uh rose and you know obviously ethan you think he should have just left ethan at home because if he would just let ethan at home he would never know where like that crash would never happen because obviously Mia was not Mia and, and Miranda pretty much broke out and stuff. That's another part of the writing that's kind of, is kind of dumb a little bit is the whole (laughs) thing with Chris and Ethan. And it's even to a point where later when you're playing as Chris, like one of his own guys is like, you probably should have told Ethan what was happening. Yeah. (laughs) There was no time. Uh, uh, it it didn't make sense. Like, yeah, but you should have told him. He's like, yeah, you're, you're right. Yeah, because <laughs> like okay it's like what if he just showed up to his house he was like ethan uh i need to talk to you can we step outside for a minute because he knows about what's going on mm-hmm. and he's like listen uh that's not your wife that's some crazy bitch and i've been hunting her down so we need to kill her and then like all hell just breaks loose yeah and <laughs> like I, like obviously somebody you know will probably say well you know she's the most powerful person and maybe she has some type of sense that you know chris is gonna go do something and i'm just like yeah but like you could you know the phones exist right like you could have texted him you know <laughs> and like hey that is not your wife i'm about to do like a you know come, like you said come outside you know go get the mail or something or draw, throw out the trash I like need she, you to meet me for coffee. Yeah. 
it, it's it's just silly like when you look at it like now like when you like me when i don't have the you know blindness anymore you're just like why am i here like it, it, it the same thing happened <laughs> the same thing happens uh like in resident evil 7 they always do this writing where like you know me is like this infected person crazy like you know hacking your hand off and all that stuff like automatically like, all right bitch i'm out like fuck you <laughs> like, you cut my hand off i'm you don't i guess you don't love me anymore and just leaves but he like the persistent like oh i gotta fix her like somehow <laughs> like that i could just fix her mentality one. yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh what you date her for three years i mean plenty of people date somebody for three years and move on mm-hmm. so like <laughs> that that nitpicking like you know stuff gets to me a little bit because he I, I it's different now because it's a baby right like it's a child so i i kind of get him yeah i get i get him going like all right i need to like get my flesh and blood <laughs> and like save her from whatever fucking you know misfit people that are you know fucking nicholas cage with robots and like a doll a possessed doll uh, some demon angel thing, anti angel, anti Christ, or whatever, Miranda, and then this giantess. <laughs> you know what Miranda really reminded me of was like a Silent Hill boss fight. Yes. Like from one of those newer games, you know, not the Team Silent ones. <laughs> yeah, the the, the, the shitty ones. <laughs> yeah, the, the not Sorry, if you like those, it's fine, but like, I, I don't like them, and he doesn't either. So. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, um, what else? Uh, oh yeah, after the the you fight Miranda more or less, but before that you get to play as Chris because Ethan's like it, it get, goes Call of Duty. <laughs> I love it. Ethan gets tricked. This is another thing I have with the writing is like he knows who Miranda is and shit, mm-hmm. and he hasn't seen Mia yet at all. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, me is just out in the field, just talking to him like, "That's fucking her. What's wrong with you? Stop being stupid!" And he gets he gets got. <laughs> <laughs> but after that, you get to play as a total badass and just wreck everything. After like you know, having to kind of fight the whole game with, every, I mean, depending on the difficulty. But man, when you get to play as Chris, it's like a great stress reliever. <laughs> <laughs> You just blow everything away. <laughs> but after, like, that's when a game kind of opens up and gets interesting a little bit, for me at least. Because, like, that's when we get into the, you know, the tacked on, like, Miranda was with Spencer and the Metamycete, whatever that uh, thing is that is causing the parasites of this town. Um, yeah, and which that- collects people's consciousness into itself. that's that's where the story starts getting a little weird i think yeah it gets very paranormal and then that's when we got the revelation that like ethan has always been dead and he's on borrowed time Uh, i hate that i feel i still feel like that's like a fucking retcon or something yeah and i i praised it because i was like oh shit that's fucking cool that like uh jack killed him and now he's like this moldy guy uh (laughs) And like how it it's written where Evelyn is like talking and he's like, Hi, you think you're alive? Do you think you were always dead? I'm like <laughs> <laughs> Pretty <laughs> much. 
and it's like ah bitch like it, it, like she, he's like oh no and like he looks at his hand and stuff and like it's moldy yeah it's all moldy <laughs> and my, one of my buddies his his favorite thing is he just likes it turns out the whole time ethan was just moldy bread yeah. <laughs> it's just like wow <laughs> you put it that way it's really shitty and it's like it, it weirds me out like a little bit because like he made love to Mia and made this child, so it was like she like what I, I don't understand the power. There's like the metamycete like giving her this and, and when we get to the DLC, like <laughs> it's like what is her powers? <laughs> like is she a moldy person? Like half moldy, half human? Mold power. Yeah, is is, is mo- mold power gets to shoot like white herb dust? <laughs> <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Cocaine dust. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Uh, geez, you, you play as Chris though, and then you get to play as Ethan again after the the mold revelation. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh no! And I, I still say it's a retcon because at the time when you played RE Seven, there was absolutely no indication that this guy was dead. And I know people like to say, well, how, how could he keep getting injured and surviving all that shit? I don't know. How did all the other Resident Evil characters survive all the fucking ordeals they were in? Like, I how, will... did they, how did they not get infected? You know what the you know what the explanation for that is now? How how none of the main characters ever got infected? What? They fell into that ten percent of people that had natural immunity. Oh god! <laughs> it just sounds like bullshit. Whatever. Okay, guys. I mean, I will say it was kind of like, man, this guy's arms and shit and and fingers keep on getting cut off. Like, yeah, I mean, I guess like <laughs> like if you write it in a way where like it, it kind of goes like this at a boardroom and you're just like, hey, you know, it'd be really fucking cool if we chainsaw this guy's fucking arm off. And then like he like puts it back and it somehow just stays and like. like- yeah, and like you know, some element of that's kind of like Evil Dead-ish, and that's that's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like my biggest defense against no, he was never dead to begin with is the stupid Codex thing they have in RE Seven that shows you your condition. Yeah, it's it's I know that's just like something that's always been in these games, kind of. Yeah, but it's an EKG. It shows your heart rate. If he was dead, his heart would beat. Sorry, that is true. <laughs> Unless, um, unless the mold was being conscience powered, uh, that shows like it, <laughs> it clones a, it clones a heart for just a little bit until Resident Evil Eight. <laughs> it just mimics life, I guess. Yes. <laughs> How come he never like went nuts after he got infected by mold? How come he couldn't get controlled? See, this opens up like a bunch of like plot like, holes. Plot holes about that because that's what happened to everybody else that got molded on that property. They got controlled by Evelyn. It's hallucinated shit, and he kind of didn't really that much at all. And you know what's gonna happen? You're gonna have that one like Resident Evil nerd, or, or like a new Resident Evil nerd, like, uh, uh excuse me, but <laughs> m- maybe because Chris Redfield is like a part of the, like this organization that they like put something in there that Evelyn couldn't attack him at any time. Because think about that. Evelyn is still out there. She's not technically dead. She's in the metamycete. Uh, because that's Mother Miranda's thing. Is like she's trying to get her, her daughter back. Uh, and you're telling me that somehow Evelyn 
couldn't attack and make Mia and and Ethan crazy in whatever Europe home that they were in. And and, and again, like so, like the smart ass villain, the smart ass scientist, you know, <laughs> decides I'm gonna mimic Mia instead of just sending her fucking evil Evelyn to go take him out. I think the. Th- I think the thing with Evelyn was is she's just so unstable and, and crazy. She couldn't figure out how to make the mega my seat work for her. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I think that's what the implication was. Whereas Miranda, like basically through so many years of being stuck in it, figured out how to make it work. Whatever. We're going to get into that very shortly. <laughs> but the, the, Ethan fights Miranda and finally becomes so moldy that he just cannot continue living <laughs> and sacrifices <laughs> himself to blow up the Miranda and Meg my seat and all that shit. And so everybody else can get away. Mm-hmm. Oh, Mia was there by the way. She was held in a cell the whole time. And I hate that she basically was just nothing in this story at all. And I'm not even saying like, because I really like her character or anything. It just feels like a wasted opportunity to me. Like I think it, I think it would have had more, like I guess, oomph to it. Because think about it. Uh, it if I was Miranda, I'd be like, I'm gonna kill this bitch. Who the fuck cares? Why am I gonna like keep her prisoner? Like to the point where now I have to worry about her and Ethan getting, you know, Rose, you know, her her uh, her prize and stuff. So yeah. I like like. It would have had a bigger impact if, like, Rose became an orphan. <laughs> like, like it, it, that would just make it more. Like, I think the DLC would have hit more if the, if she was an orphan. <laughs> like, hear, hear me out. Here's something about Mia. And again, it's like I'm just defending her being in the game more somehow because it's literally like she basically she was never in the game at all mm. until like the very end of it, and it was just her being really sad at the end. <laughs> Uh, RE7 established that Mia is not just some bimbo or something. She's like a fucking operator and shit. She <laughs> she was security and like the connections to like escort like a dangerous subject. And she knows how to like handle weapons and shit before Ethan ever did. Mm-hmm. It's like what other kind of training does she have? So it's like do you really think she would just sit there in that cell and be like I have no way out of here. I'm just stuck. <laughs> and it's not like they uh it's not like albert wesker like it like locks you into like this laboratory like sealed vault door it's like it's a flimsy ass fucking like wooden door with like jail like it was metal. like it was like a rusty old fucking cell <laughs> and with like with really shoddy brick like laying material it just i don't know she i feel like mia could have probably broke out Mm-hmm. did some stuff but hey it's they did what they did um i think that's everything in the main story i mean you kind of brought up the them trying to make connections to the lore with miranda to legitimize it further mm-hmm. which i got mixed feelings about it like i don't hate it but at the same time it feels kind of like forced a little it feels like Ethan's a Mary Sue. Like, I, when I come to think about it, like, because remember the part where he's, like, fucking dying, and he's, like, 
going to fight Miranda and like Duke is driving his fucking uh, that poor horse, by the way, dragging that guy around like he, he that does, horse like, has a parasite, too. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, and and like Duke is like, you know, you're special, like and you, you need to do this one last thing. And it like, why? <laughs> like, it, they never explain that stuff with Duke either. Like, what's his stake in all this? It's weird. Mm-hmm. I thought it was going to get explained in this DLC that we're going to get ready to talk about here shortly, but it wasn't. Oh my god, no, it wasn't. <laughs> uh, but like, yeah, they get away, and then there's like a little reveal that like all oh, the BSA was there, and they were dropping guys off, but they weren't guys; they were zombies, I guess. They were like dead guys that they programmed to fight for them, which is like something I didn't think the BSA would ever do. Yeah. But Chris implies that, like, the, the organization is, like, fucking corrupt now. Mm-hmm. So, like, is that, like, a whole other plot that's going to get tackled now? Is like, Are they going to go fight the BSAA? Is this going to be, like, another RE4 thing? We got to stop Umbrella. And then you don't get to stop Umbrella. The, start, the stock collapses. And <laughs> that stops Umbrella. <laughs> Just... Yeah, and, like, that's the thing. Um, like, at the end... You know, when, like, Ethan decides I'm going to be the suicide bomber to take out this Metamycete. <laughs> uh, um, and, like, on the helicopter, like, uh, Mia's like, where's Ethan? And like, Chris is like, shut up. Uh, and then, like, that's where we got, like, that side story about the whole BSAA. And I'm like, oh, cool. That's what we're going to get in DLC, right? <laughs> no. And, 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 like, I think about it now because at, at the very, very end, that's when we got the the scene of uh uh rose and on the on the uh bus going to her father's grave and obviously i i I still don't understand like i understand why the person said it like oh she you know she came back to the spot how convenient like yeah that's her father dick (laughs) like like why like out of all days yeah probably the anniversary when he fucking died or his birthday or whatever and, and and then they do this like weird dialogue where like hello Evelyn and she's like I I have powers that Chris doesn't even know about like now he, now he's gonna want to know <laughs> like like why did you bring that up yeah why would you say that to her anyway you know it's like gonna piss her off mm-hmm. it's fucking weird <laughs> and then like and and what's also weird is like while they're having that conversation and she gets in the truck like there's a guy on the the intercom like a sniper ready to take her out like i have the green or is that the green to go like no we're fine i'm like this is weird <laughs> it's a little strange mm-hmm. uh, yeah oh i didn't get I, I totally forgot about this but this was something that bothered me throughout the whole game uh is ethan's reactions to things that happen to him <laughs> it's, it's just like he has like these really like kind of blase reactions to, to like stuff that, that mm. happens to him. It's like when he gets his fingers bitten off. It's not, I mean, that one was okay, but like later on, it's like when he's, he gets his hand chopped off by lady D and he's just like, like he's trying to open a door and it's just, and he goes, what? And it falls off and he's like, ah, fuck. Like, that's it. <laughs> Your hand got cut clean off. <laughs> I think that's probably because you're gonna have that nerd again. Like, say he was 
he was a moldy person and he didn't feel the pain and now he had a, like a reaction because now he sees his hand going off and he's like ah i mean he was still he was still pretty upset when like that that fucking werewolf guy chewed up his fucking fingers and he and now he's like this now he's he's got this this is all he has yeah <laughs> he's like a ninja turtle but <laughs> i don't and the other thing was he always had like these lame ass jokes after somebody would say something it's like he was trying to be leon but he couldn't yeah and because like leon says lame ass jokes too but he paul mercy mercier makes them funny mm-hmm. in his delivery it's it, none of it's like funny by itself but it's what he does the way he says it it's like oh where's everybody going bingo <laughs> and then like salazar is like i've sent my left hand to come get you and he's like your right hand comes off bitch <laughs> except the bitch part i belch that but like <laughs> it's like the ethan's trying to be cool and it doesn't work and it's just lame <laughs> yeah well he's a deadbeat dad <laughs> oh shit not a deadbeat dad though he's, he's he's trying to get his daughter back and mia's just sitting there in a cell when she she's a fucking operator she can probably get out of that cell she can probably mm. do some john wick shit or something but she just sits there she doesn't capcom's holding women back <laughs> maybe sorry. she's like really hungry do you think she got fed yeah, she probably got fed. Uh, Duke probably came by and uh, gave her some food. He has succulent sausages hanging in like the inside <laughs> of his cart. Oh, that's <laughs> one thing. That's one thing we could talk about is like, oh, you could capture fish and shit and like make dinners. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, it was the thing. That was another thing, and you could do with Duke is you get food from various animal life and stuff to make like recipes to eat. Eat it and make yourself better. Yeah, like RPG. Yeah, RPG. Like that's like RPG uh, elements that they added to Village. Super light, but they are there. Yes. Uh, I guess we can move on to bonus modes and unlockables. Um, mercenaries. Yeah, they had that initially, and there's like unlockable difficulty levels and stuff. That's whatever you know. One of them's really hard. Mm-hmm. Uh. Mercenaries mode at first, it's like when I first played this, and it was like, oh, cool, mercenaries. And I went to play it, and I found out you just play as Ethan. And it's kind of like the way it's structured is like kind of tough. Yeah. And I'm like, this isn't mercenary. You just play as one character. (laughs) You should call it something else, like fucking snipe hunt or something. I don't know. (laughs) But, uh, I was really disappointed with the mercenaries mode in the, the vanilla game. Yeah, man, I basically didn't play it after like the first couple times I tried. I was like, this isn't that fun. Yeah. It's kind of like they uh, did zombie mode, um, like in call of duty and just had like one character. I, I don't know. Like the old mercenary games. And this is probably because I'm an adult now and I don't have fucking unlimited time. Like I used to, uh, but like I play it, I'm just like, okay, I get the I get the concept, and it is fun when I just want to play, you know, fuck around with it, and I, I'm okay with that. But yeah, I, I I'm on the same wavelength. I'm like, Ethan, Ethan's not a good character. <laughs> like, I I, I want to play, you know, at, which in the DLC that changes because you get to be like uh, Lady D and all the other ones and stuff. Yeah, um, I will say Ethan does become a good character. But that's the problem. It starts you off with like not enough resources to even get him decent at first. Mm. It's like you have to bang your head up against the wall in the vanilla mercenaries until you can like get 
decent enough results to earn enough money, points, whatever, to make his potential kit get better, like when he starts off. That's the whole problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, his, his starting kit is just not very good. Yeah. Uh, but let's see. And then, like, the stuff in the shop, there's, like, the shop that was, like, in Resident Evil 3, where you can unlock more stuff with, like, points mm-hmm. that you get from beating the game and doing various in-game challenges or achievements and, you know, like, special uh, weapons and uh, a couple other things. That's, mm-hmm. That stuff's cool. I haven't unlocked all of it yet, actually. Yeah, that's something I would do probably when I have, like, no games to try or play and stuff, and I want to just grind it out. Um, because, like, that stuff brings, like, um, fuck, what, what's that game with the zombie in the mall? Dead Rising? Yeah, Dead Rising. Like, they have a lot of, like, stuff that you grind out that you can get items of, and I I like that in Capcom games. Yeah, it's, it's cool. It brings a little bit more replay value to the table to mm-hmm. work to unlock special items and stuff. Like, there's still stuff in Resident Evil 3 I haven't gotten. Like, I want to get the, the hot dogger. <laughs> some of the other weird shit you can get. <laughs> uh, and I found out there was stuff in, like, Resident Evil 4 that I never unlocked recently for being in that fan group. Like, the hand cannon. I didn't know that was something you could get. Yeah, I, didn't, I didn't know either. <laughs> so now I played that game for years and, and just never knew about that. Um, <laughs> uh, that's like that covers all the vanilla content. So now we can get into the gold edition. All right, you ready for some uh, Shadow or Rose? Yes, I am. Okay, I, I was ready to play it, and I did play it. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to hear your take on it. Um, obviously, all we got third person now. Um which is a thing, uh, and most of it we're used to because, again, of, of RE2 Remake and, um, you know, RE3 Remake. But, again, um, it does feel weird, but we'll get to the Ethan part. This felt kind of normal, and I don't... Again, this is why it felt weird to me. Um, the gameplay is fine, obviously, you know, shooting and stuff because if you play on casual, it has that auto aim. If, if, if you don't play on casual, it's not. I don't but play I, casual. I don't play pussy shit. And <laughs> um, this, you get powers. And right off the bat, like when I, I will give them this though. It, it's not unlimited. Um, you do have to get like these, <laughs> these white herbs that are like sage or whatever. Um, that is, those yeah, are called co- coca plants. Yeah, coca plants that somehow <laughs> like gives her powers and stuff. So you could like stop enemies in 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 frozen. Um, you could at, at certain points you get to shoot like energy at people somehow. Um, and then there's other parts where you just like because it, it would block off um, sections with this like jelly. I call it like uh, like strawberry je- jelly or whatever <laughs> like, and and it would connect to like this flower thing that you would have to like the core and you just have to use your powers to pretty much make it ash and then you would open up sections to the to the, the game um i certain parts of this 
DLC I enjoyed. I, I obviously enjoyed the mannequin area. I thought that was like fun and creepy, especially when you get to the mannequins that are when you, when you look at them, they don't move. But when you turn your body around, like it starts to, uh, you know, come closer to you. So, like, obviously, when you turn a corner or you go into a uh, a room and you turn around, you just see like the mannequin just like stop and like poke its head out and it's freaky. And yeah. then they and and then they start to do like they put certain mannequins in sections where you have to like turn your head a little bit so that that mannequin can move. While the other two mannequins that are chasing you, you have to like keep an eye on them so you could like swerve out of there. And mm -hmm. I thought that was neat. Um, but the main thing that I kind of did not like about this is like it put me in a path of like a haunted house. Like obviously, like when you're in a castle and you know you're told to run away, um, it's like I'm running through this like haunted house feeling because like obviously the things are coming out of the jelly and stuff. Uh, and then you have this, uh, that's one thing. Um, I guess we can go into a little bit of story unless you have things that you want to talk about a uh, gameplay wise before we get into story. Um, generally with the gameplay, uh, design stuff, uh, I think this actually had a lot more tension and, and, uh, horror elements to it than the base game did. Fair. Uh, because it's like even down to like the weird like at first you have like no weapons you can't do anything but it doesn't that's not you're, you don't stay like that the whole time it's just in the very beginning mm -hmm. and um, like the basic enemies which are like these weird pale looking zombies or whatever when they, they suck grab, your face when they grab you it's like they're sucking your face and it's like your face is starting to peel apart like you're you're being rendered you're being deleted from reality or something <laughs> it's like kind of the noises it makes it's like holy shit you really don't want to get grabbed by these things they hurt too and especially when you're on the jelly and you, you stay there for too long like rose screams like she's getting uh you know you know yeah getting destroyed sexually <laughs> assaulted yeah it's uh violating her i guess yeah <laughs> screaming bloody murder and then, and then there's like just other like the the mannequins that you mentioned are creepy and there's like some other stuff it's just mm. on the whole i thought the horror intention was just done better in this dlc uh i'll, I'll give you that like again it still has it has that horror intention but then like again when you're going through the path when you're being told to run and then you go in like to this like uh you know escape room where you have to like get the dolls and stuff which again I, I like the puzzles, but then again, um, I was like, what's going on? But then again, and I know I'm saying then again a lot, the Metamycete is playing with her conscience because uh, of her when she was in her you know school was being told a freak. So like the dolls were telling the story about Rose. Like <laughs> they, they fucked with her in the bathroom. They like sprayed her and shit and like took a broom. They spray her with first aid spray. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Um, oh, shoot. What was I going to say? I was going to say something about this. Uh, it, I, I will give you that. It's, it is more linear generally, mm -hmm. but, uh, I don't know that it couldn't have been just because of the nature of it. It, it kind of has to be a more focused experience because of what it is. Yeah. I suppose. So it, 
it is what it is. I didn't dislike that it was more linear because uh, it was just it was an extra story. That's that's what it was really. What do you think of the boss battles? Um, mixed bag. Like I didn't hate them all. Some of them were fun. Mm. Like the one at the end was fun. <laughs> Mother just, Miranda. Because it just got crazy. It just turned into like this ridiculous like Dragon Ball Z shit. Yeah. <laughs> basically. <laughs> and that's that's a whole other thing altogether, getting into like the whole nature of this this story that they told. Which is it gets really far in the weeds, I think. It probably the furthest they ever go with this metaphysical quant quantum realm supernatural shit that they wanted to do. <laughs> I, that's that's one thing I like got pissed off about is like Chris tells us that this metamycete is so fucking dangerous, but just like stupid scientists in fucking Earth is like, I got to study it. And like they 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 put it in this little vial. Um, and I guess, can, can we get into story? Because like there's nothing really gameplay wise. It's using the same assets. So like the it's the base game just with like a couple of powers. I will say real quick, the third person camera works a lot better in this DLC than in the regular game yeah <laughs> it's a lot it comes off a lot more naturally in this game and we can touch on that real quick i guess too before we continue the, mm. the, the they're like third person mode and everybody was like cool because like i didn't mind the first person but like it was nice to have third person again in the remakes and stuff mm. and i think everybody thought the quality of it was going to be just like that and it wasn't no. Ethan is animated really awkwardly a lot. <laughs> yeah, if you saw it in the video in the beginning of the, of the, of this show, like he's walking like he has like a dookie in his his butthole and he's like pinching that. I laughed at this a few minutes ago. It was like when you were playing in the castle and mm. he, he like it's like after he gets done being tortured by like all these these goth women and shit. <laughs> <laughs> It's like he finally gets down and you have to crawl through that little fireplace area. I saw him open up the fireplace doors and it was like really slow. He went like, I'm like, why is he opening it so slow? It looks weird when it's not in first person. Yeah, I, 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 I think it's like, again, I'm not knocking on developers because one, I don't know how it works, but it, it, I'm just assuming here. That they took the base game and like you know how like when they do go into like photo mode or like a different view and they just like all right we're just gonna put controls on it and just go with it. It feels like uh, Shadows of Rose was built from the ground up of considering that the the camera view is gonna be third person. Yeah, and in Ethan's game in in that case it's not. It was just like it, it works here it is and I get it. It wasn't. All of his animations and stuff were intended to be viewed in first person, mm -hmm. and that, that comes across very evidently when you try to play it in third. And that's why I, I played it for a little bit, and I was like, I can't play this like this. It just it it's just not good. Yeah, the <laughs> the boss battles in third person is very frustrating, and and I was I I did the same thing. I was like, I'm gonna go first person. <laughs> I, I can't. It's like it's so weird. Uh, and I don't know why, because like again, Resident Evil Two Remake and and Three, like I got used to it of like zooming in and like shooting, and this and this one, you're just like, it, it felt was, felt weird. It was made from the ground up. They were made from the ground up to be played that way. 
uh-huh. and the animation quality is a lot higher for like because they're like well we're animating a third person character so it has to look good uh Ma'am. another thing i noticed too though is in third person uh the you notice the gra- the background graphics and stuff the environments look better actually yes because you're not zoomed in on them so close and i'm not saying they look bad because i played it uh this last time i played it i was i had my ps5 and i was able to upgrade uh and experience that i ended up playing it in performance mode though because i couldn't tell that big of a difference i thought between the two like turn it turn all the graphic stuff up and not having it mm-hmm. i don't know it didn't seem like that big of a difference to me i'm finding with some games on ps5 uh some do benefit from having all the fancy effects on and some don't really it's weird like i played dmc5 i just finished dmc5 and I actually think it's better when you play it with all the, the cool effects and everything instead of the performance mode. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I know that's probably going to cause people to go apeshit because everybody wants that game to always play 60 FPS. And for the most part, I thought that it did. Uh, I couldn't, there was only a couple times where I thought it went below 60, but it wasn't that big of a deal. Yeah. Uh, it's creepy mannequins. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's awesome. It's just a great death anime. It, that, that uh, we'll get there, but. I got um, I, I, that part right there for audio listeners. I genuinely got scared, like jump scared um, playing the mannequins. Cause again, it, it, it makes you have to look a certain way. And then when there's multiple mannequins, it fucks you up because you're looking at one mannequin, but the other mannequin is advancing. Cause you're not looking at it. You have to turn your back on one of them to move. And then yeah. you hear it moving and then you have to turn around to see how close it gets to you. And, it's cr- it's like a weird balancing act you got to do. I I will say, even though I like I I already like uh, spice it up before with the fetus, I was more afraid of this than the fetus because again, when you're dealing with multiple enemies that are is chasing you, it it, it freaks you out. Like this part like freaked me out. Like I gotta do this, but I can't. I'm not looking at her. But yeah, you know, but. <laughs> It's like he's trying to destroy one of those like flower things that causes the red goo to go everywhere. I forgot what they called it in the game. Yeah, but at the I, same time, there's like a mannequin like right there in front of in front of him, and he's got to like divert his attention away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this stressed me out just looking at it a little bit. Yeah, it, um, like the video, I, I just stared at her. It was like, "Are you gonna move?" <laughs> That's, that's funny because sometimes it doesn't really move that much. It's tricky. Mm-hmm. I then I started playing the game like walking backwards and shit, <laughs> and I'm like, "Fuck, there's another one." <laughs> but but uh, I guess we can just get into the story now because I think we covered all the gameplay pretty much now. Yeah. So the story again, like going back to like Chris, you talking about this men in my seat fucking being dangerous and shit. But then, like, the, I guess they're studying it. And then somehow, um, you know, she gets a call from one of Chris's, you know, scientists named Kay or whatever. He was in uh, Wolfhound Squad. Yeah. And, um, you know, talks about how, you know, because her main objective is she wants to get these powers taken away because everybody's calling her a freak and shit. Freak. Uh, yeah. And, uh, you well, know, she sweats white. That is kind of weird. <laughs> yeah uh and she also looks like mia uh, which is weird no, i'm kidding um that's weird <laughs> yeah 
because uh, you never see fucking Ethan's face, so you never know what he really looks like. So she has more of her mother in her. She looks like <laughs> a mix between the two of them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but so they don't ex- like he tells her to like focus on the um, the men in my seat, and then she goes. <laughs> it's kind of like the Matrix in a way. <laughs> like she's going to, into the Matrix of this men in my seat. Uh, and she ends up where her father was and and actually where she was when she was missing uh, in, in this castle thing. And automatically, like, I, I will say this, the whole writing on the wall, this mysterious, like, figure thing, I, it's so predictable. <laughs> like, I was like, man, that's Ethan. <laughs> yeah, because it's like when you realize, like, you're in the... Meta, meta mycete consciousness shit the metaphysical space where all the consciousnesses go that, that it downloads so, <laughs> so I got a question to you like when he blew when he suicide bombed the meta mycete did, her, did his soul and conscience just fucking die with it <laughs> mm-hmm. so it, that- it, it absorbed him it absorbed him and he didn't go to heaven. He went to fucking Mega Mycete Hell. <laughs> Where Miranda is there still trying to fucking get her baby back by Bruh, why didn't yeah. you just have another one? <laughs> I know that's like I, I say that jokingly about about like plots and shit where somebody like loses a kid or their girlfriend dies or gets kidnapped or boyfriend, whatever. I'm just like, get another one. Haha. That's that's my joke. Mm-hmm. But like no, literally, she could have just like moved on and had another kid, unless she had something wrong with her where she couldn't have any more kids. But that was never stated. Uh-huh. So I don't know. This is creepy too. When you get here and like you're small now, uh, yeah. and there's like it's like the dollhouse area, but all the dolls are like bigger than you are. <laughs> yeah, it, it it has like a Toy Story feel to it. Um, it kind of does, yeah. So I I really like this. Like this is the one thing that I was like, this is not like it didn't have that haunted house feeling anymore. It had this like, man, I need to. It had like a Metal Gear moment, like a stealth moment. And when you're watching the gameplay, I fucked up so badly, uh, <laughs> uh, because I was like, what is going on here? Like, does he? See, how did she see me? Like, I that that's me when I was like, the spotlight was not on me, <laughs> but somehow she saw it from her her periphery. <laughs> but, yeah like uh she goes she dives into the Meg seat thing and is trying to yeah undo her powers and all that stuff and then you find out old Miranda's there she's still plotting revenge and getting her daughter back even after all this time and she she somehow mastered the ability to manipulate the outside world from the remnants of the Meg seat <laughs> yeah it, like this was written I'm sorry to say retardedly um, because like this could have been done better to the point where maybe she could have went back to the place and done something. But like they did this weird thing where like matrixy where Duke is like some type of fucking villain now where he's like there there's clones of Rose and he's like trace chasing him down like a weird pedo um he's like i got you and uh, i got my rabbit yeah or whatever and it's like yeah like i was under the impression maybe 
I hope I hope somebody else was. Maybe you were like that. That this wasn't the direction it was going to go in. I thought she was just going to go back to where everything happened and mm-hmm. do something. And it, it it went. It took like a hard left turn. I was like, okay. And then I just kind of like went with it after that. Cause I, I didn't want to just like write it off, but that definitely was not the direction I expected it to go in. Yeah. Like I, if anything, how I would have probably written it is like, I would have had that K person be like, I know a way that we could get your powers away and maybe did like, well, then that would be creepy because she's technically still in high school. Right. Uh yeah, I think she's like sixteen or something. Yeah, but so I was gonna be like, oh, Kay and her have some type of relationship, but that would be weird. Um, well, you just made pedo material. Yeah, uh, <laughs> reported. But Kay like says, hey, I know how we can get your powers taken away. Um, we just need to go back. <laughs> and we sense. gotta go back to where it all began. Yeah, and well, that's I would a cliche, like, but like, yeah, the, I don't know. That's what I thought was gonna happen. <laughs> Yeah, like bring in the metamycete and like it would be like some type of like lantern or you know like you know, you know when you get to a certain item it like glows or whatever like yeah. I, I I was when I first saw the vial on the desk or whatever container that was I was like oh they're gonna be going back and using that in some type of way and maybe that's how she gets uh like superpowers in a way. Uh, because we're alluded to that by the end of the, the base game that she has like this unbelievable powers, um, and it's oh. not the it's not the case. <laughs> no. And another thing was like lead back to that whole. I thought she was just going to go back to Romania. Um, the stuff with Duke, where it shows Duke and he's like different now, and he seems like a bad guy. I thought that was just part of the plot of her going back. It's like because remember we were talking about what was Duke's motivation to like help Ethan the whole time. Mm-hmm. What's he gotten all this? See, I thought like he played everyone and used Ethan as a tool to get rid of the other lords so he could like rule that area basically. Mm-hmm. And, and like whatever, he rules over the remnants of that fucking village or something. I could I could see that happening. Yeah. Uh and nope, he's just a weird made up construct version in this mega mycete matrix. He's like a Persona character. He kind like a, of is. He's, he yeah. reminds you of the guy from Persona Five, <laughs> the Joker. Yeah, and, and it's just like, what is going on here? And I, again, I'll give him credit due. I do like that. The, like everything was mocking her in a way. Like you're a freak. You're a freak. Like especially in the uh, the dollhouse and stuff. Like I I I dig that because we got backstory on Rose. But that's the only backstory that we got is like she's sad about her father um, and, you know, she's apparently a freak in school. Nobody likes her. And there's a part like always because when the uh, when Ethan, you know, he's disguised himself as Michael because she's like, are you a guardian angel like Michael? And I forgot the other name that Gabriel uh, and he wrote Michael and. I, I thought that was really lame. I, I was just like, this is stupid. Like, why is this like, is this like Disney and shit? Like, <laughs> is Rosemary like, is a Disney princess. Is is like Belle, like fucking writing on the wall or whatever? Like, what is going on here? <laughs> it was a little, it was a little bizarre at first. Yeah. But I don't know. I went with it and 
you know, went, went along with the punches it was throwing. And it's like I said at the end, like you learn all oh, Ethan's here too, for real. That gets revealed. You even fight Evelyn and it's kind of crazy. That was probably the most annoying boss fight was fighting her. Is he even real? Like, is he just a conscience, uh, like a subconscious to her? Or do you think like he's actually real, real? I think that's, it's just like how Ethan's in the mega my seat. Now she's there too. Mm. It's just like, she's crazy because she was crazy in real life. <laughs> and I hope uh, they don't, I hope they don't go like there was another p- piece of meta my seat under Duke's ass crack or whatever. <laughs> and, and under like, the bed. It's, it's there. And like, and like Miranda is still alive. No, I think it's, it's pretty definitively finished <laughs> after this. Ending. Yeah. <laughs> But like, yeah, eventually you get to fight Rose with and Ethan helps you and it's cool. Like that that's cool that they get to reunite. And uh Oh the, sorry to interrupt you. Out of every fucking moment of this fucking game, because remember the, the shtick about like, oh, you never see Ethan's fucking face. Like you the still mo- don't get to see his face. <laughs> you still don't get to see why? With like this is the end of Ethan's story. Like yeah. the the Winter family is uh, at least Ethan is done. I don't know if we're gonna get like Rose and Resident Evil Nine or whatever. If anything, I kind of want to move on from the Winter family. If I, if I'm being honest, maybe she could be a side character or whatever. Um, but she could be Chris. Yeah, she could be with Chris. Like I don't know, sniping and like sending. Cocaine. You don't know what's going on here. You're in over your head, and then she like shoots like a Kamehameha wave or something. Yeah, get yeah. out. She sends like cocaine up up Leon's nose to make him all crazy or whatever. <laughs> uh, but it really made me mad. Like that's why I was like so like fucking pissed off. I was like, at a very moment, like this could have been like a big reveal. Like, oh, this is her, his face. Like this is like we finally get to see the face of Ethan. Like this is for us, not for Rose. I, I mean, again, it would be for Rose because that's technically technically the first time, you know, knowingly seeing your father's face but this is us seeing you know ethan's face it would have been such a big payoff in my opinion but we all know what ethan's face looks like just google it yeah because of the internet but like (laughs) but like let's let's hypothetically say that you know everybody in the world is dumb and doesn't know how to hack a video game um like that moment would have been awesome yeah like when it I got through it, and I was like, really? You still don't get to see his face? I didn't get as mad about it as you did, I guess. Mm. I was just like, that's lame. You still don't You still don't really get to see him in-game. Uh, like, Whatever. And I just kind of moved on, and it was over. And then I was just like, Did you, oh, spoiler alert, you beat Miranda. The, the boss fight's fine. You have to kind of figure out what you're doing, though. I was retarded. Is- I, I, I was technically retarded when I played that, because technically retarded that's the worst kind (laughs) yeah so there's a part in in the uh in the fight where actually hold on i'll talk about it but bring something up real quick what what was your point before i interrupted you oh i was gonna say um like the the boss fight's cool You, you have to sort of figure out what exactly you're supposed to do like they give you hints but uh i kind of like that though uh and it gives you enough wiggle room to like not get killed, unless I guess unless you're playing it on a harder difficulty. I didn't. I just played it on normal. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, and I thought, oh, maybe I'll go back and play it on hard. Maybe I will. I don't know. 
but uh it's like i think the most disappointing thing about it though honestly is like you got finished with it and you basically realize like nothing actually happened in the real world (laughs) it was all in her head yeah (laughs) which is like kind of a lame-ass like cop-out really um and then it gets into the ending scene from you know re8's main story that's it leads right into that and you don't get anything else there's nothing different Mm -hmm. so i'm like okay so we got a story that didn't actually happen except in her own head sort of (laughs) and (laughs) we got the same ending we got from resident evil 8 space game yeah that's another thing that pissed me off like it like this happened technically before the end of the base game and what leads to the part where she comes to the cemetery because you know i guess she had no feelings for her father until he met uh she, she met him in this uh dream state consciousness metamycete world it was a cool uh, moment though like it like i thought that worked and that was like you know you got a little bit of catharsis he's like i don't know some people don't like ethan I think Ethan's fine. He's a decent enough Resident Evil character. He's a he's a decent Resident Evil protagonist. I feel like. Yeah, I, I he's just normal to me. Like he's, he's never. Just, he's a guy. He's like the yeah. most normal guy besides maybe Claire gets caught up in all that stuff. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, video wise, if you haven't noticed yet, they kind of don't. And this is me again, be saying that I'm kind of retarded because when you when you come from the dollhouse. Um, and we have somebody here, Mira, uh, official. Hello. 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 Um, the part where <laughs> I didn't know I had weapons, so I kept on dodging and then doing this power thing. And I'm like, I'm running out of cocaine herbs here, uh, to shoot power. <laughs> like, what am I supposed to do? And then I found out, oh, I have a shotgun. So like when she's, you know, stunned and everything, um you know you shoot her and then it like leads on to this moment where you shoot like you 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 take the moldy thing and try to choke her out (laughs) then you can absorb you can absorb her hadoukens and get your your cocaine power back yeah that was awesome (laughs) by the way um when especially when you're like taking the light like i felt powerful i they got that right i guess yeah that was fun it's it's kind of like this whole thing is like it's not bad and there's things about it that are good it's just like a real mixed bag like honestly to me the worst things about it was like the story mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's like I, i'm not saying like i don't like rose i kind of like rose as a character so far like her personality and stuff mm-hmm. and i just say so far because i don't know if they'll use her again or not it seems like the reaction to her has been pretty positive though like i think people want to see her in something else um and I, that would be interesting, I guess. Sure, to see her a little older later on. Um, I like I said, if they do a Resident Evil, um, actually, I think they need to make like another game with a different story. Um, maybe, maybe, maybe they could do like a side game with Chris and uh, like a DLC with Chris and Rose, you know, doing missions and shit. Can Chris still do missions at that point? He's got to be like, uh, he was 50, I think, at the time of RE8. So this is like 
16 years later. He's 66. Listen, brother. Hulk Hogan. <laughs> Hulk Hogan wants to wrestle still. Chris, Hulk Hogan can't wrestle. <laughs> he can't fucking find toilet paper, apparently. Brother, I need toilet paper. <laughs> Side note, apparently Iron Sheik said Charmin's is off this fucking toilet paper <laughs> uh, commenting on his own Twitter. <laughs> but, but uh, like, uh, yeah, like, I liked the design. I liked, you know, the, the horror. They ratcheted the horror up in this one. I like Rose's character. I like her characterization. Mm-hmm. Um, the supernatural superpower stuff is a little too much, I think. Again, we're getting too far into that territory again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I don't know. I'm kind of like middle of the road about it, really. I don't dislike it, but I don't really like it either. Yeah. It, it, I, I don't know. It's the paranormal stuff kind of like gets me a little bit. Um, but I'm fine with it. it. It's it's an okay thing. I mean, we got more. We it, it's that's not like it's the only thing that was added to it, which is fine to me because we got we got this, and then we got you know Lady D and mercenaries and all that stuff, uh, yeah, and then the, and then the, and then the third person. It, it's like like I said, it's not it's not bad. I don't dislike it. Like, is it still worth? Is it worth playing? Yeah. I think so because it's more of it's something that's expanding on this re8 story uh it's the things i just don't like the most about it are the fact that it's basically a shaggy dog story almost mm. and then the ending is just the ending of the original game yeah like you could you couldn't have done more like you couldn't have showed like does she see Chris? Does she see Mia? You know, mm-hmm. just something. A little, I thought the ending was just going to go a little further than that, and we'd see something new, but we didn't. Yeah, uh, but it was okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, mercenaries. We, mercenaries. Yeah. Uh, so I liked playing as Lady D. Um, I thought it was fun. The end. The end. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was like, okay, I'm gonna play mercenaries now, and uh, I did that after I played Shadows of Rose. Mm. Uh, and then I I tried to play as Ethan again just to make sure I didn't hallucinate everything I thought the first time. <laughs> and no, I was right. It it's it's the same. So I was like, fuck, this is, this is a drag. I can't even really play as Ethan. So I started playing as Chris, and it's like, yep, that fixed everything. <laughs> you can play as Chris, who can just wreck shit by default. And you can earn points that way and unlock more stuff. Mm-hmm. And that enables you to play Ethan a little easier at first. And I was, ba- it got to a point where I was playing Chris a lot in the early missions, but it got to a point where I could switch between the two of them because their kits turn out different. Like the stuff you can get. Ethan's got a lot more options in terms of like weapons and stuff you can do later. It's just when you start out, you don't have almost any options. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't, it could have been balanced a little better, I think the first time around, but now we got, you know, three more characters to play and they all play very differently. Yeah. Uh, plays lady D was great. It's fun. I love throwing the armoires at shit. She just throws that, that fucking thing from her room when she gets <laughs> mad at somebody. And, uh, 
it's never not funny. Uh, it's also great that you can just choke slam people. Yeah. I felt <laughs> like The Undertaker for a while. It's like a straight up cane choke slam. It is like great. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, Heisenberg's pretty fun too. It, it, he's a little complicated a little bit. But uh, when you figure out how all of his stuff works with his powers, it's like pretty fun. Mm hmm. Uh, Mercenaries was a lot more fun this time around, and it felt more like Mercenaries mode to me, even though it's different. Yeah, and uh, ju just a heads up for Capcom, like, if you're going to put Mercenaries in, and I know this is like, it's a business, and you have to do that because you have to add characters in your package and stuff. That's like the new thing now. Got to take out, like, characters so that I could put them in seasons and other battle passes and all that stuff and DLCs. But, like, when we have Mercenary, can we have more than one character? <laughs> like at start yeah, don't do that again and like this is I hope this is another appeal I hope it doesn't fall on deaf ears deaf ears excuse me uh, have have mercenaries mode in Resident Evil 4 remake pretty like it was or better uh, because there are some missed opportunities I felt like from like the last two remakes in terms of like the extra modes that got cut mm -hmm. like oh yeah in RE2 they gave us fourth survivor and tofu survivor which is that's cool. I mean, Tofu Survivor is just a joke, but it's it's like the hard mode. You want to show how much autism you have? Play Tofu <laughs> on the hardest difficulty. See if you can do it. <laughs> but uh, I wanted Extreme Battle Mode back in RE2, and they didn't give us that. They gave us Ghost Survivors, which is like kind of that, but not really. Yeah. I wanted to play as all the characters from the game in a mode where I could just have fun and try to survive and, and kill stuff and mm -hmm. didn't really get it and then re3 spawned mercenaries and it wasn't even in it, it was, uh, mm. so get it right this time please please yes. please <laughs> damn it damn it um cut content yeah so what'd you so, have written down because i was kind of clueless on this a little bit yeah like uh these these two things I caught in the footage that you were playing, uh, that was stuff I remember I talked about previously, but I'm just going to start off first with uh, Ada Wong was supposed to be in the game. She even had concept art that she was going to be disguised as like a villager or something. Yeah, she was going to have like the Dr. Plague, whatever. She had like class. a Plague Doctor mask and stuff. Yeah. And I was like, well, that's cool. Like, what would her role be in this? Uh, and then they decided to not user for some reason you know what that would have made a little bit more sense to me if she was tracking down miranda right like if you're connecting uh mother miranda to spencer hotel and umbrella and all that stuff it would spencer make hotel. yeah it was, sorry it's, i had a long day um <laughs> but spencer and, and like umbrella corporation and stuff like you it would make sense that umbrella would send someone like ada long to keep an eye on right yeah, or somebody's hired her for some kind of mercenary work. Like maybe somebody wants her to steal a Cadeau sample or. Or this Metamicy be like, what the fuck is she doing with this thing? <laughs> yeah, who knows? Maybe that was the thing was they couldn't figure out a way to make her work in the story. Yeah, but we just did. <laughs> like We kind of did. I still feel like it's a little flimsy compared to previous ones. Mm-hmm. Even like RE6 with its stupid dumbass story about how like this guy Simmons is just like a fucking cuck. <laughs> and he's just 
and he's mad because he can't fuck Ada Wong, so he makes a clone of her. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the whole reason that story happens. It's fucking stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I totally but, I deleted that from my brain, and you brought it back. Thank you. <laughs> and, and people still, like, ardently defend that game. Like, it's funny. That's another thing I've seen in, in these fan groups is, like, there's a lot of people that have really come around to, like, Resident Evil 6 now. Mm-hmm. But it gets to a point where, like, no, it was actually really good. And I'm like, it wasn't. No. It was not. <laughs> Sorry. I mean, you can enjoy it. But don't sit there and say it was a really good game. It's not. <laughs> um, so, yeah, personally, if you wanted to have another, we'll call it legacy character, I would have probably put Jill in the Wolfhound Squad somehow. And I'm surprised they didn't think of a way to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh Whatever, Jill's still getting, still getting uh, the shaft. <laughs> mm. uh, the fishing village was supposed to be a much larger area initially, and like you're supposed to spend more time there other than just like trying to jump across fucking floating platforms and not get eaten. Uh, and they uh, they cut it due to time constraints. I think they cut it down. <laughs> they probably had a really long fishing village, and then <laughs> the fucking Heisenberg uh, steampunk area, and they're just like, ah, steampunk's cooler. Like, uh, that, that probably came across them somehow. I, honestly, in that area, I was more curious about a lot of the places I couldn't get to. Mm. Uh, and I was like, damn, I wish I could, like, explore this area more, and I, I, I was left wanting more. So, yeah. I kind of would be okay with that being expanded. But yeah, The biggest thing, probably, besides that, is remember the girl in the beginning? Uh, that Ethan helps. Yeah. And then she just dies. And it's like, <laughs> it's, it's just really shitty. Like, <laughs> like what happens basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, Elena was apparently supposed to be a playable character a few times. Really? And be, and be have a larger role in the story. Yeah. Well, I, I thought about that. Like, there there's a, like, a uh, dialogue where he's like, I'll put you in a safe house. Like, number one. Nothing is safe in that area right now. Where are you going to put her? And she, like, brings it up. She's like, I'm not being alone while you're going into the castle of death. Uh, (laughs) And then that's when the part where the father comes. I'm like, this would have been interesting if somehow she was, you know, deeper in the story. And somehow Miranda, like, takes control of her. Because, you know, she's, like, this conscience shapeshifter thing. Um, like that would have been interesting to kind of like do a curveball in a way to Ethan down the road. It's funny because like if you really think about the way they set her up, it really does seem like this is a character that is like a uh like a sidekick or like a helper character that that's typically in like a Resident Evil scenario. Mm -hmm. You know, like a Rebecca for Chris or Carlos for Jill kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and it just falls into fire, and it's like a really lame ass way where she just disappears off of the screen. <laughs> it's just, it's just like, oh, she's just dead now. Okay. Uh, apparently, what was going to happen was she'd be playable in a few segments, and uh, Lady D would have killed her, and that would have been the end of her story. Yeah, it's kind of like you know, you know, when uh, your character is either too big or you know, to go through a certain section. So they send like the, either the small child or the small woman 
to go open up a, a section of a, a place. Like, I could totally see, you know, them doing that with her. I can't get through this vent. My dick's too big. You're going to have to go in there. Yeah. <laughs> I always like I, I always like that in movies and like fucking video games. Where I'm like, you could clearly get that through that. Like, obviously me, my Jabba Hut, the uh, Jabba the Hut fucking body right here. <laughs> like, I could totally see like, yeah, I can't fit through there. But like all these like characters in movies and TV sh- uh, and gaming and stuff. Like, you, dude, you could totally fit in here. What the fuck? <laughs> no, can't do it. My favorite thing is like the chest high walls shit. Mm. Whereas it's just like a, this, there's this wall you could easily jump over. But it's like I can't go there. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I can. And then they go. Uh, uh, is that all the cut content? That's that's everything that I could recall, and I I, I didn't see anything else new. Like like I was saying, it, there looked like there were elements on like the Resident Evil wiki and stuff. Stuff I'd never heard about before, like Heisenberg's father, something about Donna being a doctor originally or whatever, and that you can't click on any of those links. They don't lead anywhere, so I don't even know if they're real. Yeah, it's, I, I can guarantee you it's probably all those people that like do like uh, story theories where they like literally play the game and they stare at a, 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 a blurry pixelated picture of like a, you know, a file or whatever and be like, Oh, you can see right here, Miranda was, uh, you know, looking at uh, uh, Ethan, and he took a picture, and that's how they lead to this moment. Like, it's stuff like that. All those people that, like, do deep dives on, like, lore and stuff. Like, they come up with these. Sometimes it's out of their ass, and sometimes they, like, do so much research. You're like, oh, shit, yeah, and, like, the developers confirm it, so. Yeah, uh, I think that does it for cut content. Yeah, side stories uh, and uh, files. I'm still going to stick to it, even though it's kind of a cop-in. I did like reading the Miranda, you know, notes when you get into her little laboratory. I think all the notes, you know, talking about Spencer and stuff and, you know, her daughter and all that stuff. I, I, I actually digged her backstory a little bit, even though she's kind of a, you know, fuckery character. Yeah, that stuff was interesting when you found it. Um, I liked the files you found where she was talking about how she experimented on all the four lords and like their power levels and their effectiveness. Yeah, like her, their weaknesses and, and, and strengths. Yeah, like that was cool. Uh, Lady D's files were always entertaining or interesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, especially the ones where she figured out how to make her daughters basically yeah it was like how, how she came up with this weird idea to begin with and it worked <laughs> somehow <laughs> uh yeah those are all the sub in terms of subplots i don't really think there's much <laughs> yeah that's that's one thing that i'm like hating about resident evil modern times now is like they're not putting too much files in there and it's it what i liked about resident evil 7 is like when you got those videotapes those were cool yeah, that was like a supplement. Like you'd still find files, but then you'd find this whole other thing that's cool. Yeah. And the remakes kind of still do the files. They have more than what this game has and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh personal stories. I guess the only personal story that I can give is that I was dumb. <laughs> I let me put it this way. I enjoyed <laughs> I was en- I enjoyed the game because it was fun to play. But like when I started to look at it from hindsight, I was like, "This is not the best Resident Evil game." 
but it's not. <laughs> your personal story is your journey of your, your personal journey figuring out this game wasn't as good as you initially thought it was. Yes. <laughs> and that was fun, though, like because I was there on that ride. Because I remember when we did the first video, we are like, this game is great. And I was like, this game was pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> I remember because every time I was like fucking hyping it up and shit, like it's WrestleMania or whatever. Um, and like I was like, number one, Resident Evil Village. And I'm like, you're like, what? <laughs> and I was a little shocked. Yeah. I, I, dude, I was, I had, I had a blast. Maybe I was in a different mindset where I was like, this is fucking cool and I'm having a blast. And that's, that's fine. But like when you look at the story and like how it was written and, with the direction they're going in, it kind of like brings it down a little bit, but that's my only personal story. Mine is probably, I think this is probably the Resident Evil game I've replayed the most, like since it came out, mm -hmm. like being, being like new. Uh, I played through Resident Evil 2 remake like four times pretty much. That was me doing A-B scenarios, like, switching them around. Uh, and I didn't play it anymore since then, after that, because uh, I didn't want to, like, overdo it. Mm -hmm. uh, and, <clears throat> yeah, because just because of the nature of this, it was like, I'm going to play through this. And then I was like, for some reason, I wanted to play through it on hard mode before we talked about it the first time. <laughs> And I did, and that was like a pain in the ass when you get through the village area first. Like when you get surrounded by all the lichens, that's that's tough. Yeah. Um, and I think I played through it a third time for some reason. I think because there was like a delay. Like we were originally going to talk about it earlier, and for some reason we couldn't. Mm. <laughs> and then I played through it again. Like two, like a year, a little over a year later, I, I did it again, <laughs> and uh, normal this time, but still. And I was playing, and I was playing it on PS5, so I, I got to play it upgraded and stuff. So it felt a little bit more worthwhile. Mm -hmm. So I've played my fair share of this game probably for some time before before I'm gonna p pick it up again. It was fun though. I mean, we talked, we picked apart the story a little bit now. Honestly, this time going through it again, talking about it a second time, I can see even more holes in the writing a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but it's still like a really fun game to play. Yeah. It's definitely uh, a game that I would probably be like, hey, if it's on sale, which it has been for a while now, like every time there's like a sale on Steam or like they have these holidays and uh, sales, it's always like you can get it physical, like at around like, 30 to 40 dollars um yeah. especially the gold edition now which i i think it's totally worth um even though i kind of shit shitted on the shadows of rose it's still an experience that i would still play just for if you're into the resident evil games yeah i think gold's worthy uh is a worthy investment anyway just the amount of extra content you get makes it worth it mm-hmm all right, before we get into lightning round, I do have another ad for you guys, the final ad for the night. So let's get to this ad. Be right back. Hello, everybody. It is me, Joe Dubs. And yes, you're looking at Escape in Pages. What is that? Well, it's a monthly book club 
that starts every first Saturday of every month where we'll be discussing books, whether it be me solo or with people. Every month, we will be discussing a book, whether it be a comic book, whether it be a graphic novel, whether it be a just novel or novella or anything that has to do with writing. It will be live on Big Trouble Archives, YouTube, and Twitch. I hope to see you guys or gals or whatever gender there is out there on Escape in Pages. See you guys and get reading. Yes, get reading. <laughs> Um, I think we are going to be doing, um, Isom soon, me and Zach, because we, that's Eric July's, uh, comic book, uh, that came out a while ago. Um, I got it a while ago and I know you got it like a a couple weeks later when they were still selling the, the cover C. Yeah. I think I got mine in October. Yeah. So we're going to cover that. We're going to give our honest opinions. So, you know, if you're looking forward to that and I'll make sure I'll, uh, you know, tag Ripperverse and Eric July so that we can give him, you know, criticism because apparently they're, he's, they're going to be having a, um, another campaign for two. And apparently there's other, uh, books that are happening from other people as well within the Ripperverse. So that is, uh, we call it escaping pages. That's our monthly, uh, you know, book club kind of thing we're doing. Yeah. Uh, but t- time for lightning round. Are you ready? I'm ready. Who do you put? Pl- uh, who do you prefer to play as? Now there's only <laughs> two. You got Ethan or Rose. That's not true. You play as Chris. I uh, and Chris. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Three. And I mean, if you want to count the mercenaries characters too, you can maybe. I mean, I if know. you if you want to do that, if you want to say like. I liked playing as Lady D and Mercenaries. You could. Um, I kind of want to say no. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, honestly, it was just really fun playing Chris that that one time. Is like you, you really got to cut loose, and just fuck everybody up. <laughs> and it's like it's just really cathartic to do that. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, Ethan's fine, especially when you see all his weird reactions to being maimed mm-hmm. <laughs> and his lame ass one-liners, <laughs> but yeah, it was Chris, Chris for me. Yeah. I'm going to have to go with Chris. Cause when you go into call of duty mode, it was fucking awesome. I, I, I listen, uh, I get it. This is a resident evil game and you have to have like that horror type of feel with Ethan and Rose. But when you get to have a team of fucking mercs and shit and going through a town, killing lichens and trying to shoot a fucking, Art shape meta mice thing. I, I'm I'm game for that. So I was I was having fun. Go in there and do shit. High speed, low drag. Yes. What is your favorite boss? Probably, uh, I guess, I guess Heisenberg, just because of how fucking ridiculous it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess what's the fish guy's name again? Moreau. Or- yeah, Moreau. I, I had fun with that. That that was my favorite boss out of all of them. Um, favorite part of the game. What was your favorite part of the game? Castle. Yeah. It, for me, it's Castle, um, which, again, I totally think Lady D should have been the main person, and that could should have been the end, in my opinion. Um, but I kind of did, like, you know, 
certain parts of Heisenberg's area. Like it was cool to see in the steampunk area, but it was so fucking long where I just like I get it. <laughs> steampunk people are dressed up as drills like they're fucking Pokemon and shit. Uh <laughs> but yeah, that that's my favorite part of the game. Favorite weapon. Ooh, um I really like the the shotguns in this game are all good for starters. Uh, even the basic one. I really like that uh, that magnum you get too. Mm-hmm. The the one it's like you the one that lets you uh, kill the big lichens easier. You down them in like two shots with that thing. It's just like a really old single action revolver, and I just think that's cool. Mm-hmm. It's bullshit. It doesn't make any sense. They never made guns that powerful back then. <laughs> with with an ex- there, actually, there's a couple exceptions, but still. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. I mean, I didn't unlock any of the extra stuff yet, really, so I can't comment on that, real uh, honestly. Yeah, I think the the the, mag- the magnum and the shotgun. I I'm always gonna be basic bitch when it comes to that. <laughs> Because, like, when I play the old games, um, I, my main thing is always to get the, uh, the the magnum, whether it be the revolver or that big fucking uh, gun that uh, Barry has and shit. Uh, and also the shotgun. Like, when you get to upgrade the shotgun, um, is, the upgrades in this game was good <laughs> compared to other games as well. Uh, it brought back memories a little bit for the old games. I gotta say the other pistol you get, you know, like the third one you can buy later mm-hmm. from the uh, the uh, from Duke. Um, it's not that good when you first get it, but when you sink when you sink some upgrades into it, it's basically before you can unlock the um, like the AR or whatever the the, the assault rifle you can get through the store. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the only gun that becomes like a, a full auto uh, gun for Ethan to use in the game when you upgrade it far enough. Yeah. So like that gun's actually pretty cool. It just it takes a lot of money to get it where it needs to be. Got to grind for it. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's no rank in this, right? I don't think so. I don't remember uh, yeah, there being a rank. I think it just goes to credits. But like, I guess we could rank it. Be like, I played it on hard normal and casual um i i only played hard on the the first time um so i i i guess the only because there's only ranks in mercenaries and i really didn't care about that <laughs> played poorly so i guess i guess it's time for the final countdown oh, are yeah. you do- are you done with your list Yep, I, I was doing mine while we went through that commercial break there. All right, you go from, uh, you know, however you want to do it, from 1 to 19 or 19 to 1. Okay, um, at the bottom I have Resident Evil 6, 19, 5.0 out of 10. Uh, there's gaps in my list still because there's still a couple games we haven't played. Mm-hmm. Uh, got Resident Evil Dead Aim at 17, at 5.6 out of 10. Uh, Zero at number 15, 6 out of 10. Survivor, 14, 6 out of 10. <laughs> Revelations 2, 
13, 7 out of 10. RE5, 7.2 out of 10 at 12. Uh, Revelations 1 at 11, 7.3 out of 10. Code Veronica at 10, 7.5 out of 10. Resident Evil 3 Remake at 9, 8.4 out of 10. Uh, Resident Evil 8 at 8. <laughs> it just ended up that way, 8.5 out of 10. It actually went up for me uh, with this gold playthrough and everything. Okay. Uh, it was. I think it was actually at uh, uh, 10 before. Uh, and then Resident Evil 1, the original Resident Evil 1 is 7 at 8.5 out of 10. Yes, I like it better than, than Village. <laughs> uh, Resident Evil uh, 7 at number 6 is 8.9 out of 10. 3, uh, the original, at number 5 at 9.4 out of 10. Uh, Resident Evil 4 at 4. Funny how that works, too. <laughs> 9.5 out of 10. Uh, RE2 Remake at 3 is 9.5 out of 10. Uh, RE2 Original is number 2 at 9.9 out of 10. Man, one point away, like 0.1 away from getting that perfect score. It's almost a perfect game. Mm -hmm. Uh, And RE1 Remake at number 1 at 9.7 out of 10. Now, I know what you're thinking. How is it rated lower, but I ranked it higher? That's because objectively, I, I concede that Resident Evil 2 is a better game over. Mm. But that is my favorite game, and in my opinion, the best one. Okay. <laughs> All right. Time for my list. Um, I don't uh, score it, so you're just going to be hearing the placement. Uh, and mainly, this is because of my personal preference. When we get down to, I guess, the final ranking, we're kind of doing the gimmick of what we do on Big Trouble Podcast. Uh, there's, there is going to be a final list at some point. But that finalist will probably get updated at certain times because of the, um, you know, the games that keep on coming out and shit. The nature uh, of the business. There's still a couple ones we haven't covered either. Yeah. Um, so at number 19, obviously I have Resident Evil 6. <laughs> at 18, I have Resident Evil 5. At 17, I have Resident Evil Revelations 2. At 16, I have Resident Evil Revelations. At 15, I have Resident Evil Dead Aim. At 14, I have Resident Evil Survivor. At 13, still, um, even with the update um, with the Gold Edition, I still have it at uh, at number 13 when I revised it, and I'm going to keep it there for now. Things could still change. Like I said, I'm going to play Resident Evil 4 next month, and that could rearrange the list uh, you know, down the road. Uh, at number 12 is blank. At number 11 is Resident Evil 4. Uh, again, that could change. At number 10 is Resident Evil 0. At number 9 is Resident Evil 7. At number 8 is Resident Evil Code Veronica. At 7 is Resident Evil 3 Remake. At 6 is Resident Evil 1 Remastered. Number 5, uh, Resident Evil 1, the original. Uh, number 4 is Resident Evil uh, 2, the original. Res- uh, at number 3 is Resident Evil 2 Remake. 2 is blank at the moment. And one is Resident Evil 3. Um, and still have Andy's list there that says number two, every other bullshit Resident Evil game, and number one is Resident Evil 4 for him because that's the only one he played. <laughs> Basic. Uh, yeah, so what is next in Lost in Nightmares? It's going to be another Resident Evil game unless we 
somehow beat Dead Space Remake uh, within a, a month, um, which I don't know. But it, for Resident Evil-wise, Resident Evil 4 Remake is going to be the next Resident Evil title that we're going to be covering. Um, and I'm excited for that because it's from the team that did Resident Evil 2 Remake. <laughs> and they did it. They they did justice to Resident Evil 2, but we'll see how they... Because uh, I heard stories that it you know it's kind of mixing the elements of horror with the action of resident evil 4 that is original and i want to see how that meshes so looking forward to it very much yes so before i sign off um make sure if you're watching youtube to like and subscribe to this video and hit the bell if you want the notifications um this tuesday hopefully knock on wood because I have the coof at my house right now um, and it, it's taking down each family member and it hasn't gotten to me yet. The only thing I had was a headache and I hope that's the only extent of it that I'm going to be getting is just a headache. Um, but either way, even if I am down or not, a show will go on without me if I do get sick. And that is Big Trouble with Podcasts um, on Tuesday where we're covering uh, the episode The Parallel and two um, and there, we're also going to be doing your final ranking. So make sure you, uh, uh, catch big trouble with podcasts. Um, but until next time, guys, we will see you in the next nightmare. Peace. Stupid man things. Tennis ball, throw it against the wall. 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 Helps me forget about my cancer.